on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 27-14, BYU over Texas Tech. This game began in a great way for the Cougars. First drive of the game, first touchdown of the game, first touchdown pass for Keaton Slovis. Slovis gun, third and goal from the two, in the gun. The hand clap, the snap, the short drop, the sprint out to the right. Keaton throws, and it's caught by Chase Roberts for the touchdown. The Cougars open on top. They score on their first possession. They score a TD on their opening drive. It's 6-0 BYU with the PAT pending. BYU now, by the way, BYU now 32-2 under Kalani when they score a touchdown on their first possession, including 18-1 here at home. 7-0 Cougars early. Texas Tech turned it over on downs inside the BYU 5. BYU punted, but then the Cougars, after a TCU miscue inside their own 5-yard line, score again. Jake Strong hands off to Brooks, and Brooks drops the football and still loose, and it's in the end zone, and the Cougs recover for the touchdown! Andy Heckard comes out of the pile with the football, and BYU scores on defense. Slip of the tongue there, said TCU, of course, Texas Tech, 14-0 the lead, 14-7 after a Red Raiders score before halftime, BYU goes up 21-7, Darius Lassiter on this touchdown reception. Third and goal from the four. They go motion. Aiden behind the quarterback who takes a three-step drop. Sets. Fires. Back of the end zone. Touchdown! Darius Lassiter! And the Cougs make it 20-7 with 6-11 to go in quarter number two. Keaton Slovis with his second touchdown pass of the day and the 80th touchdown pass of his outstanding collegiate career. Two more Will Fair and field goals make it 27-7. to The final score, one in the tail end of the second quarter, one in the third. Texas Tech scored a touchdown in the fourth. Final score, 27-14. to Down to field level, we've got Ethan Slade on the headset. Ethan, part of a tremendous BYU defensive showing in this 27-14 win. Ethan, it's Greg and hands upstairs. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Ethan, congratulations to you. Career interception number one and a big win for the boys. Well done. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, first up, let's go to the INT. That's number one, right? Yes. Okay, can you walk us through it for us? Yeah, we were in, um, they were in 10 personnel, so very high pass, per- pass package. We were, I was in a one high safety, and it was a trio formation, so three receivers to the field, one receiver to the boundary. And we knew all week this quarterback was going to look, he wasn't going to look us off much, and I saw him look to the field, so I just trusted that he was going to keep going there, and I just, he threw up a go ball by the, I think it was a seam by the two. And just made a play. I love it. A little film pick for you. Yeah. That's fantastic. Hey, how sure were you guys that the freshman, Strong, was going to be the starting quarterback in this game? Um, we weren't, actually. We, we, were pl- we weren't sure if he was going to be there. We know the other quarterback was dealing with some injuries. He got banged up last game. And we saw Strong play the last couple snaps of the last game. So we prepared for both. But game plan basically stayed the same. We were going to play the same way. Uh, didn't matter what quarterback was in. So I'm interested just on the defensive side of this ball. How aggressive were you guys in this one comparatively to other defensive calls, maybe against TCR earlier in the year against Cincinnati? Um, I think there was just a lot more attention to detail this week in practice, and that showed up in the aggression. We were a lot more confident coming into this game. We practiced really hard this week, and we put a big emphasis on we're not going to let what happened last week happen again, and 
we, we worked hard for that, and I think that showed out in the field with confidence. Not, not that a team ever needs a game like last week, but now that you can look back on it with the benefit of hindsight, did you do the right things with that loss from last week? Oh, most definitely. We, we came in every day and attacked what we were doing, whether it was film, practice, lifting, and we were just prepared as much as we possibly could for this upcoming weekend, and it shows. Hey, Ethan, I want to know how difficult the safety room has been for you in particular, just with all the turnover and injuries and guys in and guys out. How hard has it been for you in particular to keep your focus and play at this level? Um, it actually, with the group of guys we have, I know there's been a lot of injuries. We have a solid group of guys. We're all great friends, so we all support one another. Um, and whoever's on the field, we have supreme confidence in whoever's going to be playing that safety. I know there's been a lot of float, uh, rotating from strong to free and with the injuries, but we have a solid group of guys, and they make it easy. Ethan, great talking with you tonight again. Congratulations on career pick number one and on a big win over Texas Tech. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Great All right, that is safety. Ethan Slade will come back with more as Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live begins after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Back at Lavelle Everett Stadium, we're in front of 63,523. BYU defeats Texas Tech 27-14. BYU never trailed in this game. Eddie Heckard had one of BYU's scores on a fumble recovery. He also had a pick, and he joins us now from field level. Eddie, it's Greg and Hands upstairs. Congratulations to you and the guys. Great win. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Was that your first college touchdown? No, nah, that was my second one. Oh, second one. Okay, tell us about the other one. When did that come? Uh, we was playing Southern Utah, and it was the same type of play, actually. Uh, they were backed up and uh, fumbled the snap, and I got, I ran and got one of the bounces. That's It was the same type of play. Did you have to scoop and score last time, or were you already in the end zone when you recovered it at Weber? Already in the end zone. It was so same, same deal. So it's basically the same, like you're saying, it's the same play. Right. Hey, now uh, take us to the interception. Have you gave... Uh, Crew Wakely, a big hug for tipping that ball up for you, Eddie. Yeah, I wasn't even as hyped. I, I wanted to get him to press because I know <laughs> how hard he worked to get there and uh, get on the field, and he, he made that possible for me. So I gave him all the praise. Just take us to that defense because he kind of switched across the field and got into that passing lane to bat that thing up. Were you in a man situation as, as that thing batted into the air? Yeah, I was a man, and they was trying to run a little pick play for me. and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was successful without crew. They probably would have completed the pass, and, yeah, we made the play. All right. The, the fact that this game came after what happened last week, what does that say about this team, Eddie? Uh, uh, we, we're resilient, and we know how to bounce back from a loss and uh, stay poised. You know, not just staying poised during the game, but uh, in, like, in preparation as well. You know, like not, not starting to question things and trusting the process. Uh, Eddie, all I'm going to say is in the last two weeks, you guys are one and one, and the one win comes when Camden Garrett is on the field. So I'm just, I'm, hey, I'm not trying to make any guesses here, but Camden makes a difference out there, doesn't he? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Camden, he's he's a great player. He he's always doing his job and not doing anything extra out of the ordinary. So I uh, I love playing with Camden. It's always been great. All right, with five wins, Eddie, BYU's within one win of bowl eligibility. I know that's not all you think about, but it's one way to measure success, especially for a P5 program. How important is it to you that you got to that goal through seven games? 
Um, honestly, me coming from the FCS, I haven't even like been able to soak in how like the bowl eligibility thing, like because we had playoffs there. So right, I mean, six wins in FCS isn't good. Uh, and I just hope we can win as many games as we can here. You want more than six. Right. <laughs> but six does put you to a space. And it's a bit of a milestone or a landmark, the right. mark that you can say we're doing some good things, though, right? Yep, yep, yep. Hey, Eddie, it's interesting. Just watching from our point of view, Jacob Robinson and the way he was playing the quick slant, um, I think just the aggression on it, it felt like you guys were more prepared and in better position. Did you work a lot on that with Gennaro Guilford just – being on the press and, and in the lane for that slant? Yeah, we, we we worked on staying inside and keeping our leverage this week because that was a big thing last week that we didn't do so well. So, yeah, that was that was a big thing. Well, it looked a lot better, Eddie. It's nice that you guys can take good instruction. It's nice that you got good coaching. I know that Gennaro Guilford is an underrated coach in this country. That guy knows how to work the corners, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, for sure. He... Uh, he gets a lot of credit for all of our success. He he does a lot, and he's he's great in and out, and he's a, a very personable coach, and that's why we're like that's why we're so good. I think in that room because it's uh, it's not just him coaching; it's him being our our friend, our uncle, our our family member. You yeah. Know? So yeah. He was my teammate, and he's like a brother to me. So right. I know where you're coming from, Eddie. Yep, yeah. Are you excited to head to Austin, Eddie? Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited. I love playing in those type of environments. That's All a right, big one. Get after the Longhorns next week. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you. All right, Eddie Heckard, interception, fumble recovery for touchdown tonight. BYU defeats Texas Tech by a score of 27 to 14. You asked Eddie what this team and its performance tonight, what it meant as compared to TCU, and Greg, what it means is. This is a resilient team that takes coaching, takes it well, and they learned a lot. They did it, they did it, and they came back with vengeance, and they looked fantastic. You know who else looks fantastic, as he usually does? Ryan Rico, eight kicks, an average of almost 46, but a couple of bombs, 70 and 66. Ryan's got the headset on. Ryan, how you doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. You know what? That 70 would have been 84, except for that guy going and catching it. Gosh, he's a heck of a returner, man. Heck of a returner. He was giving us trouble all night, and... Yeah, I mean, I, I was really surprised that he got to it, but kudos to them and, and kudos to their special teams for sure. Yeah, Miles, and that's, good, that's a good point you bring up because one of the ways Texas Tech stood out coming into tonight was in their return game. Their kickoff and punt return teams were excellent, and the price that punt return made a really, couple of really nice plays. Of course, he also gets popped by Tyler Batty on one of the plays, and you're oh, there yeah. for the recovery. Yeah, that was, a, that was a crazy series of events, man. Like, I didn't even know it was Batty at the time, but looking back at the replay, Batty laid into him. And, uh, yeah, right place, right time. Took a shot to the leg. That was fun. But, man, what a what an experience, what a game, and just really grateful that we were able to come out on top. So, Rico, I don't know if you know where this broadcast booth is, but it's way up high. It's up here oh. by the, the Luke Staley banner. And I just want to take you into the booth. When you booted that 70-yarder that would have been 84 Greg Rubel actually called for the fair catch up here. Like he was, he, it was that high. That thing not only had length, it had height. Did that thing sting your foot when it came off? Uh, it didn't sting. It actually felt really good. I was like, oh, that's like a, like a good drive in the golf course or something like that. It just felt pure. <laughs> when you hit, when you hit it flush, you know, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You can, you just kind of feel it right away. And uh, yeah, there, there's some good ones, some some ones I can work on for sure. But man, what a what a fun night, what a fun atmosphere. Do you know anything about Austin McNamara, the other punter? Yeah, yeah, I do. I've I've kind of kept up with Austin, and uh, 
I mean, we've talked to each other just on social media and stuff. But man, he's a he's a heck of a punter. And I know we kind of came into this game before the game we were talking and just like, hey, dude, let's go ball out, put on a show. And uh, yeah, he, he did a heck of a job tonight for sure. He, he punted four times for an average of 48. And uh, you and he are one and two in FBS career active punting average. And you both punted in the same game. Kind of a cool deal. And his parents graduated from BYU, which maybe you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, it was awesome to get to play on the same field as him. And uh, yeah, what a night. Hey, Brian, I also got to give you props in the field goal situations because Farron was able to knock home a couple of critical field goals to cushion the lead a little bit. Just talk about Farron and being in that special teams room with him. What type of teammate is he, and, and how reliable do you feel he is as a kicker at this point? I, I think he's as reliable a guy as we got. Um, I love Will the Death. He, has, he came in um, from the transfer portal and just meshed right into the team. He's brought such a good energy, such a great work ethic, and, I mean, I, I trust him from inside of the 50-yard line. Like, we can put him out there, and he's got the leg to do it. So to see him get the opportunities tonight, um, to be able to go out and to deliver and to show what he can do was, was awesome. And it's, it's not something that we're surprised with because we know the, the leg talent that he has. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of great things coming from Will Ferrand in the future. It's nice to see that uh, both your long snapper and you can both make plays on special teams beyond just kicking and snapping the ball. A few weeks ago, Austin had that big fumble recovery, and tonight you made that play we just talked about. So you, you guys are not just one-trick ponies out there. Yeah, for sure. We try, we try to be all-around athletes. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't always come off that way, but sometimes it does, like tonight. <laughs> hey, when you met as a team Monday for the first time, probably after the TCU game to where this game finishes tonight, what happened within this team this week to, to kind of just turn the tables from, from a tough day in, in, in Fort Worth? Gosh, I, I feel like going into that game, um, I mean, coming out of that game, we felt that that was about as bad a game as we could have played. And I think we all just took it a little bit personal, and we, we knew that we could bring a lot more energy to the sideline. I think that was one of the biggest differences that maybe people will see tonight is just the, the camaraderie, the, uh, just supporting each other from the sideline, constantly trying to bring that energy. And I think that's something that uh, – we were definitely able to capitalize on tonight, and I think it changed the game for us for sure. So, Ryan, do you rub your fumble recovery in Riggs' face a little bit? I mean, he did get that fumble <laughs> recovery. Is it? Are you going to him and saying it was my turn? Hey, you better get the highlight like he got that highlight. Oh, here's the thing. His celebration was way better than mine. I was just kind of like, what the heck just happened? Like, how did I end up with the ball? So he, he's definitely got that over me for sure. Ryan, always good speaking with you. Again, congratulations to you and the guys. Thank you. By the way, before you go, you got the headset on still? Yeah. Uh, Texas Longhorns next Saturday in Austin. Your thoughts on heading down there for the, for the first of two on the Big 12 road? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun atmosphere, fun game. They're, they're really well coached, lots of great athletes, and uh, we're, we're just excited for the challenge. That's the great thing about being in the Big 12 is every single game is just it, it's going to be a dogfight, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's awesome. It's fun. it's fun to scoreboard watch. It's fun to move up in the standings. It's all great. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Go to BigOTires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. More from Provo coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. BYU 27, Texas Tech 14 is our final score. Let's get to our postgame honorees tonight. Let's start with our Waystar star of the game, brought to you by Waystar. Simplifying healthcare payments. Learn more at Waystar.com. Let's learn who Hans Olsen has for tonight's Waystar star of the game. Well, I'm going to go with Tyler Batty, and I know you could give it to Eddie Heckard because he was big. I know you could give it to Ryan Rico because he was throwing punts out there like crazy. I'm going to go to Tyler Batty. 
Tyler Batty, early in this game, in an extra point situation, got spit on. Guy spit right in his face. He turns to the officials. He said he spit. He looks at it. He kind of fought back for a second. The official booted the guy that spit in his face. And then Tyler Batty goes on in this game to inspire his team, keep the energy up, forced a fumble, held the edge, ended up matching his season high in tackles with nine. Tyler Batty was dominant tonight. All right, that is the Waystar star of the game. We'll hold off on our Palmer's Metal Mart steel man of the game before we can talk with Jacob Robinson. Jacob popping on the headset. Jacob Robinson tonight, 10 tackles, 8 solo stops, an interception, a PBU, all in a night's work for Orem High's Jacob Robinson. And talk about Orem High representing, Jacob. You and Ethan Slate both picks tonight. Yes, sir. Let's go Tigers, right? Yes, sir. Go Tigers. All right. Uh, for you, uh, this was career interception number eight and fourth on the year. You're one of the nation's leaders in picks. Can you tell us how tonight's developed? Um, so, yeah, just in cover four. And, um, I mean, it was two-minute uh, offense, so we were just playing a little bit deeper. And I knew that he was going to um, throw a deep ball on that one because he stemmed me outside and then just threw it to me. Had to jump it a little bit, but. So, Jacob, I wanted to talk to you. I talked to Eddie about this a little bit, but I wanted to talk to you in particular because TCU ran so many slants your side, and I saw Texas Tech try to run a few at you, and you were right on the spot. How hard did you work at getting better at taking on those slants through the week of practice? Man, uh, shout-out to Coach Guilford. Shout-out to um, Coach Hills. Uh, They were just on me all week, make sure my leverage is good, Um, make sure I'm reading my three-step and then getting my eyes back so I don't get double moves. So, um, yeah, I just say shout-out to coaches, shout-out to Eddie, shout-out to Cam, just helping me throughout this week. And, and how much did you work on just the wrap-up, too? Because against TCU, there were a couple times on the outside, and it wasn't just you, but you guys had sure tackling tonight. How much did you work on grabbing cloth? Yeah, um, I mean, they just preach the same thing every week. Uh, I think I just had to get more in the mindset, which I feel like I wasn't quite in the mindset last week. That's on me, but... Um, just make sure I was in the mindset to want to come down and hit and take him down. So, Jacob, when the quarterback options were out there and, you know, there was maybe a potential that Baron Morton shows up, but it's Jake Strong, kind of what, what was the mind process that you went through when you saw that Jake would be taking the starting snaps and, and play the entire game? Um, it was the same. I, I watched film on him all week, watched film on number two all week too. Um, so it was the same, just knew that they were going to come out, try to, get some RPOs, get some easy throws. So um, coaches helped us out with that. So I think we were prepared. Ryan Rico used the word resiliency to describe this team after what happened last Saturday in Fort Worth. How do you describe the transition from one of the toughest days for BYU to a really good day of football? Man, uh, I just say we came prepared, just um, trying to play the same like we do every week. But um, uh, Coach K-Pop really preached to have uh, juice this game. So... We came out, I feel like our juice was good. Helps with the momentum and everything. So, Hey, Jacob, uh, I just gave the player of the game to Tyler Batty. I think there's going to be a lot of BYU fans that are upset with that because of what you and Eddie Hecker did in turnovers. But can you please back me up on this? Wasn't Tyler Batty just playing with his hair on fire today? Yeah, he always plays like that. I feel like um, practice games, um, we wouldn't get half the plays we make in the backfield without Tyler Batty and the rest of the D-line. So, yeah, I I think he deserves it. Hats off to him. Nice. Thanks, Jacob. I yes, sir. appreciate the endorsement. Yeah, and now now it's Texas. You're back on the road, and you get to play in Austin. 
next Saturday. Longhorns are, are one of the top teams in the country, and you're looking to move up in the conference standings. Your, thought about, your thoughts about taking on the Longhorns on their home field next week? Oh, I'm excited. Um, watched them when I was a kid. Used to play them when uh, I'd play NCAA football, so I'm just ready. <laughs> it's going to be fun. All right. Well, have a great week of work, and uh, best of luck next Saturday, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Jacob Robinson. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, uh, Greg and Hans in the booth. Mitch Jurgens down on the field helping us out with our BYU player interviews after the Cougars' 27-14 win over Texas Tech. Time to get our second postgame honoree. It is our steel man of the game brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart. Palmer's Metal Mart is the source for metal roofing and siding. When you buy from Palmer's Metal Mart, you buy from the manufacturer direct and you save money. Tyler Batty took our Waystar Star of the Game honors. Who gets the Palmer's Metal Mart steel man of the game award tonight, Hans. Okay, so Texas Tech was averaging 180 yards rushing per game. Taj Brooks Brooks was at 112 yards per game. So you hold Taj Brooks under his average. He went 105. You hold the Texas Tech rushing about 30 yards under their average. At 153. And I am going to give this award to Nisa Mahe. And you know what? If you want to fight me... I'm here. Come <laughs> talk to me. I'll throw it back to Jacob Robinson, and I'll get his endorsement on Naisamahe too. Greg, I know he only ended up with a tackle, but you watched it up here with me. You saw the impact Nisa had, and you know that he had a really tough matchup. This is a tough Texas Tech offensive front with Cole Spencer and Rusty Stats and Dennis Wilburn. It's a tough front. Nisa was in the backfield. He was bubbling the runs. He made it really difficult for Taj Brooks. And he deserves this award because, you know, those nose tackles, they fight 65, 70 snaps in a game. They continually fight against those double teams. He's deserving of that, and I give it to Naisamahe. So a couple of defensive players take the two postgame yeah. honors tonight on a night when BYU wins 27-14 to 14 and keeps the Red Raiders under their rushing average, as you noted, and Taj Brooks under his number, and BYU went over its number. BYU was averaging fewer than 70 rushing yards per game, and the Cougars tonight more than doubled that, going for a season-high 150. 150 has been good enough. Like, 150 says you're doing a good enough job. I shared the number on Twitter and with you during the game, but again, under Kalani, here in home games, BYU's 23-1. and one when they get to 150 or above. Well, I remember we were talking in the postgame at the TCU game, and you said to me during the postgame, and I'm not asking for the world, just 150 is the mark. That's the mark. It's, it's unquestionable. And Aiden Robbins, don't look now, but, you know, you've got a few games left in this season, and Aiden Robbins is starting to heat up. I'm just telling you, he makes a difference. That's only 3.1 per carry tonight for Aiden, but he had some hard runs and some important chain movers. He had 16 carries. That led BYU. LJ went 10 for 93 on a 9.3 per tote. That'll do. BYU fans of tailgating is not your thing, but you still want to eat good after the game. JCW's has mouth-watering burgers and shakes the whole family can enjoy. JCW's quality, and a lot of it. We've got a lot more postgame coming up from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
with more post-game reaction. Here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with more Cougar post-game live on the it new is Big O BYU Tires. It is Big O Tires Cougar post-game live. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires. The team you trust will go down to Aiden Robbins after we pause 10 seconds for a station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right, so welcome back to Provo's Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 27-14, BYU over Texas Tech. Aiden Robbins joins us on the headset from field level. Aiden, Greg Rubel, and Hans Olsen up here in the broadcast booth. Thanks for taking a minute. We appreciate you. Appreciate you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on, and, man, it was good to see you back. It had been, long, it had been a long time. It was September 9th, the last time you suited up for a game. Was it a long wait for you? Yeah, of course it was, man. I mean, you know, it hurts to... Uh, not be out here with my brothers every week, but, you know, I'm back now, and I'm just taking advantage of every opportunity given to me. We don't want to get into too many details on the injury, Aiden, but it's the kind of thing that you feel like you're through and past now? Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, it's still, you know, it's there, but, um, you know, I'm definitely past it. Uh, went through my, my little protocols or whatever, and, um, you know, I'm moving forward, man, happy to be back out here. And that's the question, really, Aiden, because you got 16 carries for 50 hard-earned yards in this game. And you got Texas next week. So my question to you, after taking those 16 carries, are you feeling good now going into the Texas game? Yeah, of course, man. I mean, that's, that's what I'm built for. I'm built for, for 10, 20 carries a game. That's what I'm used to. And, um, you know, it felt good to get out here and get my feet wet, really, for the first time this season. Yeah, how much did you feel like yourself if you didn't feel like yourself in those first two games? Um, I feel like myself now. I ain't going to lie. Um, Still with a lot left in the tank. Um, that was just a glimpse, man. I was just happy to get my feet wet. So it was really frustrating at times watching that TCU game because that defense was getting past the O-line and getting some hits in the backfield. It felt like your O-line got some real movement and opened up some gaps for you and LJ today. Talk about their blocking up front. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the line did a great job today. Um, you know, they always do a good job. We practice really hard, and that's really where it starts. Um, coming into the city every day with the right mindset, um, fixing the run game. You know, we kind of took, you know, what some of the people have been saying about our run game to heart. And, um, you know, that kind of pushed us to come out here and show everybody that we can run the football. Yeah, how much of a pride thing is it when you see the numbers aren't where you want them to be and people say, well, BYU's looking one-dimensional right now? Yeah, I mean, it is a pride thing a little bit. Um, just because, I mean, you're playing football at this level, you know, it's the highest level of football in college football. And, um, you know, just every time you step on the field, you want to prove the doubt is wrong. You've been, you, you've been a part of it, and you've seen it for a few games, but when you hear 63,523 as the number and you look up and you see the sea of royal blue and you hear and feel the noise, how special is it to be playing football on a Saturday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Man, it's truly a blessing, man, and that's part of the reason I came here was to play for the best fans in the country and, um, you know, to stick around out here, you know, 30 minutes after the game has concluded and signing autographs and things like that, man. This is what I dreamed of as a kid, and to be able to do it at a special place like here, man, I'm truly grateful. Well, and I also think it's cool that you come from UNLV, you jump on this BYU wagon, and you're headed into the Big 12, and now you're headed into Longhorn Country. You know, that's a legend of a stadium, and that is a legacy team. What's it like getting geared up to head into Texas to take on the Longhorns? Man, that's, that's why I came here, man. I came here to, to play in games like that, play on a big stage, and um, you know, fulfill my dreams, and you know, I'm just happy to have these opportunities. All right, you guys are one win away 
from being bowl eligible. I know you want to finish with more than six wins, but in the first year of a power conference, is it something you think is a notable, important thing that BYU be a bowl team in this first year? Yeah, I mean, that's for us, that's a standard, man, and we have high expectations for ourselves because we know what we're capable of, and, you know, we're just going to go out and play our hardest and try to achieve everything we sought out to. Is it fun to, to check the standings and now see where you sit in a conference like the Big 12 week to week? Yeah, I mean, that's cool, but, we, you know, we try not to pay too much attention to that because, I mean, that's still, you know, this is only the halfway point of the season. And playing in a conference, you know, a lot of things can go wrong and a lot of things can go good. So you really just got to see how everything plays out and control what you can control. And that's stepping on the field every day with the right mindset and trying to win. Aiden, how different was the practice approach from the bye week into the TCU game and then from TCU film to this game? How different was that week of approach? Um, you know, we just kind of had to dig deep. We had to really, you know, take some constructive criticism and, you know, move on like a man. You know, we got punched in the mouth last week, and, you know, that happens in this game. What are you going to do when you get punched in the mouth? What are you going to do when adversity hits? How are you going to respond? Um, I've been through personal adversity, and, you know, you just got to keep rolling, man. Just keep rolling, and that's what we did. We came to the facility with the right mindset, came out, practiced hard, and I think it showed on the field tonight. Longhorns are next. You pumped up? Oh, of course. It's Texas. It's Texas football. Yeah, that's, you know, we try not to <laughs> think about the name too much. I mean, it sounds good, but, you know, we still got to put the ball down, have 11 men on the field, and, and play. But it's also BYU football is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Aiden. Don't punch him in the mouth, Aiden. Appreciate you. Thanks a lot. Aiden Robbins with us. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. All right, to back at LaBelle Edwards Stadium, Greg Rubel hands Olsen upstairs, down on the field, and popping on the headset. BYU wide receiver Darius Lassiter got his fourth touchdown of the season tonight, part of BYU's 27 14 win over Texas Tech. Darius, good to have you back on. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Very, very well. Congratulations to you and the guys. Nice win tonight. Thank you. They're all good, but uh, this is the first time BYU's beaten one of the uh, the old, if you will, Big 12 teams in Texas Tech. Puts you back at 2-2 two and two in the uh, in the league race, and it helps to erase the sting of, of last week for sure. This team's response from last week was pretty impressive. How do you view how you guys bounce back from a tough day in Fort Worth? Yeah, uh, we knew that we had to come in with a different energy. Uh, what we left off last week, we, didn't, we know we didn't play our best ball by far. So uh, our emphasis, which is energy, and be able to uh, lift everybody up when things is getting tough and when things are not going our way. So just staying together, that's what's the big thing uh, about our win tonight. So, Darius, I'm wondering if going into film review, if you're going to take that big, crazy one-handed catch and rub that in Chase Roberts and Isaac <laughs> Rex's face and say, hey, look, not everybody can do a little bit of this trick catching. What, just take us into that catch and how big that was for you. Yeah, um, at first it was a, just a play to get Isaac Rex open, and um, Keaton just felt like uh, it was a better chance just to throw the ball down there to, to me. Uh, I turned my head to, to see it, um, and then it kind of looked a little high, so I was kind of debating uh, with what catch I was going to do, uh, if I was going to like just catch it over the shoulder, and, <laughs> and it kind of just happened that way. <laughs> it just ended on a one-hand grab. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, Ralph uh, has a picture of it up here. It's a still frame of you in full extension 
and it is as Odell Beckham as it could possibly be, man. What a fantastic grab. Did that just kind of land in the palm, and then you cramped, clamped it against your elbow, or how did that happen? Uh, yeah, uh, once, I, once I just had to secure it out the air, and then I just knew I just had to bring it to my body and not let the uh, ground cause it out. So, uh, yeah. When they were reviewing it, were you like, no bother, don't worry about it? It's, I knew it was good. Did you feel it was good the whole way? Oh, yeah, I knew I was good. When I looked at the ground, I seen I, was, I, was, I had more than enough room, so I knew I was good. We got to talk to you after the KU game. Let's, but we didn't talk a lot about the background of how you got to BYU. You were, you were a community college guy yeah. then an Eastern Michigan guy in the MAC before you came to BYU. Uh, you've had an interesting journey, haven't you, to get yeah. to Provo? Yeah, I have. How, how do you look back on it all? And, and are you surprised you're here now and you look around on a night like tonight when you see 64,000 fans and the place rock and you go, how did I get here? Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I knew uh, in my heart that it was. I felt like it was more for me out there. Um, just after leaving JUCO, um, I knew that wasn't the end stone for me at uh, Eastern Michigan. Um, but it's just a, all a part of the process. Uh, I just had to stay down and then just wait my turn. And now I'm in a beautiful situation. I'm loving it here. How special are these nights with a full house like this? Always oh, great. You you don't really see a full house uh, in the MAC. So because we a lot of play a lot of times you play on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Wednesdays, whatever. So uh, just to have a full house out here and have the fans behind us. Um, it's just great, great atmosphere here. Uh, I, I love every experience of it. Hey, how close is this offense to clicking the way you guys want it to and need it to be right now? I feel like each each week, besides last week, we keep taking strides, um, and we're we're gonna get there. Uh, it's not how fast you is, just if you can sustain it. So that's our goal, just to keep building on situations and moments like this. So, Darius, I want to walk back to your touchdown play, if yeah. you don't mind. I believe it was a spread trips, just a trip set off, off the right side. And you kind of ran from the outside set, a drag route across the back of the end zone. Kind of walk me through what the thought process is, what you're trying to do with Tech's defense and what you're doing with that formation. Yeah, uh, so in my, my job is to get Isaac open to free him up on his route. Um, but they kind of play zone on that. That's, a, that's more of our man concept for Isaac to get the ball so once we knew his zone, uh, Keaton just knew that he had the back line dig open all right BYU and I'll, I've asked this question of a couple of guys but uh, one win away from bowl eligibility how big a deal is it to you or the team to be knowing that you'll be playing in the postseason in your first year as a big 12 member if you can find one more and you want more than one I know you do mm-hmm. uh, yeah our, our mindset is every week to go one and zero. um and then a that let bowl game just allowing us to be the one and one more step closer to being bowl eligible. That's big here. First year in the Big 12, um, showing that that we can play with with these guys. Um, so us getting this win next week, uh, it's going to be big. It's going to be it's going to be great for not just us players but the fans as well. How does seven catches and 130 yards against Texas in Longhorn Stadium sound to you? Oh, that sounds lovely. Let's go do it, man. I mean, get yourself in those routes. Go tell Keaton you'll make him famous. And you <laughs> yes, got to do it in Longhorn Stadium. How excited are you to take on the Longhorns? Uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's a challenge that, that I feel like we're up to. Uh, we're going to get back to it this week. We're going to watch the game film, and we're going to move on and learn from things. Darius, always a pleasure chatting with you. Congrats on the touchdown, the win. Go get them next week. Proud of you. Thank you. All right, that's Darius Lasseter. More from Provo coming up. Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
All right. We've heard from Ethan Slade, Eddie Heckard, Ryan Rico, Jacob Robinson, Aiden Robbins, Darius Lassiter. After BYU defeats Texas Tech by a final score of 27-14, to 14, we've also given out our postgame honors, our Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game, and our Waystar Star of the Game. Let's now hear from the other side of the stadium, the Texas Tech locker room and head coach Joey McGuire. After his team's loss to BYU tonight in Provo, Texas Tech's first ever game in Utah and first ever loss to a team from the state of Utah. And the Red Raiders now fall to 3-5 and five on the year and 2-3 and three in the Big 12. This is Coach McGuire on a night where his team was minus 5 in the turnover margin. BYU no giveaways and Texas Tech 5 giveaways on this night. Cougars win at 27-14. Here is Coach Joey McGuire moments ago here in Provo. Uh, it's hard to win a game with 5 turnovers. Um, you know, and uh, that's 8 in the last 2 weeks. Uh, frustrating there. Um, you know, I have to go back and see exactly uh, some of them. And then, you know, one uh, really fourth and one on our first drive, and we're fixed to score a touchdown, and, you know, we mishandle the uh, snap and the mesh. And so really frustrating right there. Um, I thought uh, one good thing is I thought the, the guys, you know, played – to the end, there's a lot of frustration in that locker room right now, and um, man, I hate it for them. And um, some really guys that are, you know, just upset by the way we played. So with that, I'll open up with questions. Coach, you won nearly every offensive category tonight except for winning the turnover battle yeah. and obviously penalties. I guess what do you kind of take of all that? You're having so much success for the for the rest of the game, but just those penalty turnovers coming in at costly times. Yeah, the turnovers were uh, were, were really big. You know, uh, we'll have to see with the penalties. Um, I think I'd hopefully get to talk to y'all on Tuesday, so I'll have some comments on, on those. I haven't been able to ask for one to be able to see. Um, I just couldn't. It was too blurry to see um, from my video guy, so we'll see whenever we – get everything loaded on our iPads, but the biggest thing is the turnovers. And it's just not like if you think about the momentum swing, uh, number one, I think we give up, gave up 13 points off of turnovers. Um, and then the momentum swing of the two plays to where they stop us on fourth down because we can't, you know, handle the snap and the mesh. And then you turn around and, you know, really on the very same play, we do the same thing except we fumble and, you know, they recover at the end zone touchdown so you know really you, you talking about uh swings in the game even though you know it's a really I mean it's a four quarters and you got a lot of plays to make up for those two plays are going to stick out uh big time whenever it just comes to um snap catch ball mesh hand it off or pull it you know and those two were big plays you mentioned the fumble snap. What what did you see as far as, I mean, it seemed like there were several snaps that were really, really low and Jake's having to go after. And for most of the game, I guess, what, what was the difference this week with a lot of those low snaps? Well, I think we've, we've had some. You know, the, the, if you go back throughout the year, we've had some. Um, I think uh, late in the game, you know, uh, we were getting ready to make a, a change. We had another, you know, true series. Or we could have gotten the end zone and got uh, an onside kick just because – I think uh, Rusty got banged up. You know, he felt like he was okay, but you know, the snap arm right there—that last series that we, um, you know, through the interception, you know, he got banged up on it. We were fixing. How much? How much change. more are you playing it? Didn't really want to do it right there in the middle of the drive. Um, 
you know, it's tough whenever you have low snaps and offense, we're running really any offense, but the majority of offenses today when you're in the gun and you're trying to, you know, decide if you're going to hand it off, throw it, you know, you've got to take your eyes. It's tough for a quarterback. I mean, I don't care who the quarterback is. It's tough for a quarterback, you know, to have to go down and get the ball and have his eyes where they're supposed to be. Coach, Joey, to, what, to what extent did does the offense change with the freshman quarterback making his first start? Um, it changed. I mean, I think we really tried to establish the run. Um, but, again, you know, you – man, the – Fourth and one, and then the, the touchdown we give up. I mean, that's just we're running inside zone. Well, you know, you're the handle, you're reading the end man. I mean, it's uh, everybody in the nation runs the play, and we mishandle the the mesh twice. You know, and that didn't have anything to do with the snap. It's a, you know, mis miscommunication with the quarterback and the running back of who thought if he was going to give it or if he was going to pull it. Coach, at any point in the game, did you feel like Jake was maybe rattled at all, or did you feel like he kind of stayed composed throughout? No, I think he, you know, pretty composed. I mean, it's tough, you know, whenever you're, you know, you turn the ball over. I know you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. But, I mean, yeah, I thought he stayed pretty composed. Um, you started the game uh, with a lot of um, running in the first, near first drive. Um, how did you feel BYU defensively adjusted to that? You know, they, they, did, they did a good job. I mean, um, I thought they did a really good job as the, the game went on and, and – you know, then whenever you, you kind of stretch the lead, um, you know, you feel like you've got to throw the ball a little bit more. But I, I thought they did a good job playing the run. And time for about two or three more. Coach, you mentioned the turnovers and penalties. That's kind of been a problem with both of those the whole year. Why do you think there hasn't been much progress on either of those fronts? Um, well, I think the turnovers have been uh, – we, we went through a spell, uh, you know, that we didn't have many – uh, I don't know if we had any against Houston. Then, you know, we kind of had a spell. In the last two weeks, we've had uh, we've five tonight and three last week, so we've had eight. Um, you know, and then penalty-wise, you've got to go back. And we have been kind of uh, in the middle of the pack penalty-wise as far as the Big 12 and really kind of on the lower side. And so it's going to be interesting to watch the film tonight. You know, I, I want to watch the film, and you can ask me that question on – Tuesday about the penalties, and I'll definitely answer it after I watch the film. I don't want to, without watching the film, I don't want to get myself in trouble because uh, you know I'm. Uh, I usually don't ask my video guy to record, get a recording down to me after the game, you know, and um, so and that was on that last interception that we were trying to throw the ball, ball to Dre. Was there any missed calls that you saw on your sideline? Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting if. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I asked uh, a couple times with the officials, and um, you know, officiating—you got to just see see what's going on because a lot of times they're right, and you know, you're th you think um, that you saw something probably that you didn't. Um, so we'll see. Coach, you guys seem to be pretty banged up. How you feel this bye week? You get you guys healthy and get hopefully on the right track. Yeah, we should get three or four guys back. We got a couple back tonight. We should get three or four guys back. Coach, when you talk about playing here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and what kind of addition BYU is to the Big 12. Yeah, it's a great addition, man. That was a great atmosphere um, from the get-go, from the start. The student section was awesome whenever we came in. Um, you know, and it's it's a great addition there. You know, he's doing it. You know, Klein's doing a great job. Um, you know, that's a good football team. And 
Um, I, I really thought that the environment, it was loud, uh, especially down in the, that end zone uh, where the majority of the students are. It's really loud, you know, and we had some miscues down there. Enjoyed the fourth down play in the third quarter. Jake rolled right, then Miles short, and the intended receiver about 20 yards. It looked like you were really upset right after that. Besides not completing the pass, what were you upset about? I'll just um, – asking upstairs if, if we could have, you know, because the one reason we moved him was, you know, to, to have him have an option. It was fourth at three. Um, I think they did a good job covering Miles. Um, you know, Jordan was open, but I was asking upstairs if we could have run for it because coming out of that, we, you know, we talked about, hey, look, if you, if nothing's there, then just go get it with your feet, you know, and so I was asking upstairs if he could have got it with his feet. Um, what, what were you talking about for Jaden Norton? Uh, that they were mouthing and um, there was pushing and I don't know exactly you know that's going to be a, a fun one to watch but multiple ones uh, one on the sideline um, there was one on the sideline with Miles uh, Price and then that one I think that kind of bled over between the two I think it was a, a punt return to their sideline maybe um, so those two plays bled together. Generally, how do you feel Jake did in his first start? Uh, it's, it's tough. You know, it's tough to put a freshman um, in that situation. Uh, but, I, I mean, just we got to take care of the ball better. And, you know, and that's a mixture of all of us. You know, we'll see on the, some of those, uh, where, whether it's the play call, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's the route being run. Um, so, um, tough. Tough to evaluate whenever you have, you know, three interceptions. Joey, you've been all about being a culture guy. Yeah. Instilling a winning culture you've had a lot of success with in the past. I think you've now lost four games this year that you were played for again. How do you feel about the culture that you have now? What have you done to make it a winning culture? Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised a little bit that we were favored in this game coming into BYU with a team that's four and two. So, um now, I don't really look at – I'm not a betting man anyway, so uh, I don't really look at, like, if we're favored, not favored. Um, you know, the frustrating thing that – it's no excuse, but, you know, we had 11 – played K-State. We had 11 guys that we were expecting to start throughout the year that we didn't have in the game. You know, we had another nine tonight, and they're going to kick the ball off in a couple weeks, and hopefully we get some guys back. I mean, it's whoever's in the game, we've got to put them in the best position to win the game. We got to do better as coaches. Going back to that fourth and one early in the game, um, just what went into going for it in that to get the position rather than handicapping field goal. Yeah, we felt like we had a really good play. Uh, Taj has been great in short yardage. Um, that play is probably if it gets handed off, that's a touchdown. So it's just not even a first down; it's a touchdown, and it didn't get handed off. And we um, already got handed off. I don't know if Taj thought it was going to be pulled. Uh, we'll see again, but you know, we really felt good. I mean, any any time uh, we have been good as far as not many negative plays in the run game. Todd is unique, 31 carries tonight. How good is he comparative to the other running backs and that upper echelon of college football this year? You know, he's had a great year, and uh, you know, he's a guy that he's a workhorse. You know, he wants to uh, do anything that he can do to help us win the game. Um, you know, and he. You look at it too. He had 117, and he had a huge run called back. Um, 
you know, on counter to our sideline. And so, you know, could have had even more. Um, and uh, and so, I, I'm, man, he's, he's good. I mean, I, I guarantee anybody in the country would want Taj Brooks on their team. All right, that's uh, Joey McGuire, head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Taj Brooks, by the way, ran for 105 yards in his team's loss. BYU wins at 27-14. to 14. Hands, your thoughts on uh, what you heard from uh, Joey McGuire there? Pretty measured stuff, uh, complimentary about BYU. When he talked about BYU, didn't have, didn't have a lot about BYU in that session. A lot of Texas guys wanted to kind of, you know, kind of drill down on what's wrong with the Red Raiders right now. Uh, but uh, your thoughts? You're very complimentary at BYU, and he knows <clears throat> that this is a tough environment. He was asked about his quarterback and how he felt he performed as a freshman in his first start, and that was a no-answer type question because he might have to play his next game with this freshman quarterback, and he's got to continue to encourage um, uh, confidence to his young quarterback. And five turnovers. Greg, that's eight turnovers in two games for Texas Tech. And five of them are picks from the freshman quarterback. What a nightmare of a situation. You know, I'm not saying that Baron Monroe wins this game. Baron Morton. Or, or Baron Morton. And I'm not saying that Shuck wins this game, but they make it much more difficult. There were three, was it two or was it three dropped interceptions that BYU had? And there, and there were two on the same drive, so it would have only counted as one, but still the point remains, yeah. But still. He threw, he threw pickable balls. Very much pickable balls, and it was it, it, it's actually kind of hard to watch because it's a big stage, and he's trying for all he's worth. Did you tell me that their backup behind him is a wide receiver? Yes, Brady Boyd was the technical backup, and he's a wide receiver. So that would have been the guy that takes the field, and it's just a tough situation that Tech finds themselves in. But there are no excuses, and I'm sure uh, Riverboat Joey is feeling the, the heat a little bit right now. Big 12 standings, freshly minted, Oklahoma, 4-0, Texas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, 3-1. Then come the 2-2 teams, and look who's one of them, BYU, Baylor, Kansas, West Virginia, 2-3, TCU and Texas Tech, 1-3, Houston, 0-4, UCF and Cincinnati. Mm. We'll come back after this with Kalani Sitake. By the way, fans, remember, the Cougars have won, so you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 on the app or at papajohns.com Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer good at any Utah location Monday only. Back with more from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The Postgame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Economics Partners, a national leader in business valuation services. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU Creamery, Cougar Post Game Coaches Show, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Greg Grubel, Hans Olsen up in the booth, the All-Pro Capital Broadcast booth, down in the Cougar locker room. In his locker room is Kalani Sitake, head coach of the BYU Cougars. Cougs 27, Texas Tech 14. Kalani, congratulations to you and the guys. 
Thank you. Good, good to get the win. Oh man, it has to feel great. Really good. How proud are you? Are how proud are you of your team for the way they bounced back from a tough week? Yeah, I mean, I, I was proud of them during the week, and, and I think that's always a hard uh, situation when you're coming off a loss like that and, and not playing your best. And then, um, you know, I, I think the guys uh, just wanted to get focused and, and work on the little things, and I thought it played it paid off. I, I think we can. Obviously, if you heard me in the in the post game, that I, we can do better. But uh, I'm probably going to say that every game. But I, I, I um, I'm really proud of the, their effort, the energy, the, the 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 things that they've worked on, the improvement that we've made from last week to now. Yeah, we don't get to hear what you say in in the post game. So everything you say for us is fresh and new, Kalani. All awesome. new, awesome. I'll tell, I'll just repeat everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, <clears throat> I want to know. It's just crazy, Kalani, because. I, it's not like you guys change your coaching style. I know every week you put it on you, and that's that's fine. And TCU, you put it all on you. But in a game like this, when I just watch players play, it's not like you guys coach something new. It's just your guys respond to the coaching that you've been giving them, and how nice is it to see them respond and put the performance on the field? Yeah, I think I'm glad you mentioned that. It's just it's just the, uh, you know, when, when you know that these guys can – you want them to realize their potential, and you want to want them to realize how how good they are. And I think sometimes guys uh, they don't see what we see. <clears throat> it's just trying to get them to to get the same vision, and, and I think that takes some time. Uh, in, in an impatient world, nobody wants to hear that, right? But <clears throat> I, I think for, for us, um, just uh, sometimes keep, keeping things simple, and then also giving them a high level of expectations, and that they can get there. Is, is one thing I think we we still have some new some new bodies to the system on offense and defense and special teams and um, we're still working through that but it's also some new schemes that were done especially on defense where uh, if we take advantage of the the scheme and take advantage of some of the plays that we, we've had set up uh, we can create some turnovers create some disruptive plays and then we had that tonight I just wish that we would have taken advantage of the ones that uh, Jay and I see that 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 uh, that we let slip by, and that that's the goal. Make make sure that we get that done next week. Kalani, this is not an X and O's thing, but at some point you're going to have to have some kind of good explanation as to why you guys are 20 and one in your last 21 night games. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> next week is a day game, so um, you know maybe uh, um, an eclipse will happen for us. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but we to say that it's not a factor would be unwise, and and. Uh, I have to rethink everything. I have to meet with a sports scientist. We have to th- see what we're doing differently. And um, it, there, there's probably a bunch of factors that go into it, but we have to address it. Otherwise, uh, and I just want to see us play at our best. And, and it can't be because the timing or because we're groggy and we're flat. Uh, and and that, that's on my that's my responsibility to get that done. So we'll, we'll keep working hard for it. All right, Kalani, I need your help here because I think I'm going to take a lot of heat from BYU fans. I gave the player of the game to Tyler Batty, and I gave the steel man of the game to Nice Amahe. And I know that there were turnovers, and Eddie Hecker did his thing, but you can only pick one. I just gave it to those guys up front because they held this team under their rushing average. They held Taj under his rushing average. Tyler Batty was an absolute nightmare with his anger and his aggression after being spit on, and Nice Amahe controlled the middle. Am, am I way off in giving those guys accolades? No, I, th- I think that's, r- that's the right thing. But I, I also think that um, there's other guys on the field that are doing it. That that, that it's unsung heroes that are making it work. And the 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 problem if 
if we're not being effective and not executing well, it's an 11-man problem. And it's okay that uh, a couple guys get the credit or get the, the you know, the, the, the spotlight when their opportunity comes. But um, the thing I love about what those guys do is that they don't really care about the accolades and the spotlight. They just do it, and it's what they, they work hard when nobody's watching. You know, so I've seen those guys when they come in and they put in the time in the film room and they they study and they work in the off season and they're working on their craft when nobody is watching them and um, and sometimes it goes unnoticed. Hans, you see these little intricacies, things that happen on the field, and you can see the, that it makes a huge difference. But um, Batty, look at the way he covers on on punt. I mean, he he's making he's forcing fumbles, you know, and uh, but. We we know we what we get from these guys and, and the whole team they they work really hard. It's a lot easier for us as coaches to work when when they have an unbelievable work ethic and a lot of that comes from their families and the way they were raised. This is a number I tweeted out a short time ago, Kalani. It's interesting. Uh, when when a team gains fewer than three hundred yards, the odds probably aren't in your favor that you're going to win the game. It's not because it's not a very big number. And in the first eleven games you coached at BYU, when your team had fewer than three hundred yards. BYU lost all those games. But since then, BYU's won five of six with that number. You're finding ways to win games when maybe you're not putting up the numbers you'd like to see offensively because you do other important things. Tonight, for example, you're plus five yards in average starting field position. You're plus five in turnover margin. You're perfect in the red zone. These are high leverage moments, and your team excels in those moments. When maybe not everything is clicking at 100%, you're finding ways to make the biggest plays in these games. That's why you're winning these games. Yeah, and, and, and control what you can control. I think sometimes it's easy to, and I'm glad you, you see that. That's why I love your insight, Greg, is that sometimes you, you just look at yards and you look at explosive plays and you say, well, we should be killing the team. But uh, you're forgetting all the little little details that matter and. You can find ways. That's what makes football so exciting is that you can find ways to win even when one phase isn't working as well or it's not going so smoothly. Um, and, and, and a lot of times for us, when that we have to work on the complementary football, working off of each other, and then you can find ways to win games. I, I, I'd rather win games where the stats are all in our favor and then you can just end it and not have so much drama at the end. You know, it's like I kept looking at the score and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's, it's just, should have gone for it on fourth and five instead of kick the field goal. And I'm like, I'm trying to keep it uh, three scores. I'm trying to get it. But but I, I think uh, the key is that the guys work really hard. We focus on, on all the stuff. Everything matters. All of it. Alignment, your assignment, your technique. Where you're supposed to be. We need to be accountable. And when you do that, then that helps sh- uh, shape the the scoreboard, and then you, people look at that and they say, "Well, then Greg can figure it out." That, yeah. that every th- every one of this has a piece of pie in in the success, and glad we were able to get the win. By the way, a couple things before the break here. Uh, Ryan Rico had a 70-yard punt that would have been an 84-yard BYU record punt, breaking his own record if that great returner hadn't got back to catch it. I think it would have gotten into the end zone, and it would have been 84. Either way, it went 80 in the air. That was just a massive kick from Ryan tonight. But, of course, we see him a lot. Still, we have to say that's still incredible. Yeah, he, he's a, he could flip the field. The problem was the return. I think they got a big return they on did. it. But we still got a good net off of that, right? So, um He's got a strong leg. Actually, Texas Tech had a really good punter and, and kept 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 us. Uh, yeah, they were both good. Well, yeah, and, and I think it made it made a little bit of a battle in the field position. Um, you still won it. 
yeah, we, we still need to get better, though, but I, I, I feel really good about everything. I, I love what Kelly Paping has done for our special teams, what he's done for our defensive end group, and um, it, it's really cool. I, I like how he works and how he teaches all our all our t- entire team when we have special teams meeting. He teaches them con- complimentary football. How do you want? How you want to um, build off of it every play, and uh, it, it comes. He 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 kind of foretells the the, the situation, and it, it actually comes true. It's really brilliant. By the way, BYU's punter and Texas Tech's punter are number one and number two in the FBS in active career punting average. So you had two good kickers out there tonight. Before I give it to hands, before the break here, uh, I've had some social media people ask me to ask you, and I don't even know what it's about because I missed it. Somebody said it looked like Kalani was cradling something on the sidelines in the first half. Do you know what I'm talking about or what they're talking about? You were, hand, you were handed something on the sideline that you were dealing with. Does that, make any, does that ring any kind of bell? Did an official hand you something? Yeah, he, he gave me some stuff, and it was like, I don't know exactly what it was. Like It looked like um, like contact care, uh, contact, uh, I don't know. It looked like some carrier that had contacts, but four of them. And I'm like, so they gave it to me. Like I'm like, well, they're not mine. I don't wear contacts, you know. And, uh, but but I just turned to everybody's like, well, I guess I got to hold on to this for for some reason. But um, yeah, it, it was, I missed all that, and so I'm I'm as curious. I, I didn't know what was going on when I saw these comments on social I, media. I got to be careful. People are watching me do that every man. move. Gotta, apparently, yeah, yeah. I got to be move. careful about my my the gum that I'm eating, and if I <laughs> hopefully don't pick my nose during. during no, the apparently game, the yeah. cameras caught you uh, holding this stuff gently, like it was something important, and I didn't know what was going on. But I'm glad you solved the mystery. It was I don't know the keys to the game. I guess there I have no go. idea. Uh, don't don't pick your nose, brother. Yeah, there's been no. a couple coaches caught in that. <laughs> hey, uh, after this week of practice. Did you know you were going to play well? I have a feeling. It's always hard to, to, to um, when you think something's going to happen and then it doesn't. It's, it's frustrating. Last week, it didn't didn't not expect that game and that performance from our team. I thought I even thought we were going to fight back from it, and the guys did fight back. But I thought I thought the energy uh, was really good. It's good to be home. But what we need to realize when we go on the road, we need to create our own energy because um, you can't just feed off of the home crowd to. to the home crowd was was awesome. Are you kidding me? It's like such a huge advantage, and um, Jay keeps talking about it over and over and over again. And and uh, you know, in team prayer, we Jay gave the prayer and, and thanked the, the the fans and and the, the energy and the 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 advantage that it gives us. We we need to create that from the sidelines when we go on the road, especially when we go to Texas next week. And that's that's what we're going to try to work on. I because I I feel like. Um, that that creates belief and creates this momentum, and um, we we had a bunch of guys on the sideline going after it, and, and so when we go seventy strong to the team to on the road, we gotta gotta find a way to get that going. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and get some concluding comments with Kalani Sitake. His team goes to five and two on the year, two and two in the Big Twelve, and gets his first win over a Big Twelve veteran team. That team was Texas Tech. Final score twenty seven fourteen. This is. Cougar Post Game Coaches Show, brought to you by the BYU Creamery on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Head coach Kalani Sitake is with us. We're going to get into our economics partners' valuable stat of the game as we get back with Kalani. Whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes, when your business needs a valuation, the right partner is economics partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. And we're going to go back to what BYU did to begin the game, and that is score a touchdown on the first drive. Under Kalani, BYU at home is now 18-1 and when they score a touchdown on the first possession and 32-2 and overall when they score a touchdown on that opening drive, and it happened again today, and that got you off and running. You never lost the lead, Kalani. Let's just do that and then just call it quits after that. <laughs> yeah, there should be some kind of waiver, like if BYU scores first I wish you because, told because me of the that. stats. I wish you wouldn't have told me that. Now I'm just going to be so like anxious to see what happens the first drive. No, I mean, that, that, that means good things are happening. I, I felt, man, it just felt, felt really cool to get to see those guys be able to make plays and, and Keaton be able to throw the ball. If we, if we can just... Give him time. If you can give him time, I promise you. I've seen this guy throw. He will. He will. He will get some. He'll do some really good things for us. And there, there are plays out there where you're just like, oh, if we just block a half a second longer, this guy's making a big throw for us. And and um, we got to get that done though, because because he's such a weapon for us with his accuracy. Keaton, 15 for 27 today for a buck 27, two scores, no picks. I know you would take. 30 rushes for 150, five yards of carry every game. That's what you got tonight. Yeah, and, and uh, just some hard runs. I mean, it's just put your head down and get get what you can. Uh, Texas Tech does a good job at, at trying to stop the run game and uh, with that big front. Uh, I thought I thought overall I like the way the backs hit the hit the gaps and hit the holes. Hans, you probably see that yourself. You're like, okay, this is a different feel. And um, I, I, th- I felt like if we just didn't get behind the, the chains in the second half, on first down, we took some some negative plays, and it's like, man, let's not put ourselves in that position and talk about winning. I talked with you, Greg, about winning the first and second down, and when you take such a huge loss in first down, it causes so many problems for us. Um, and and, and we got to find a way to fix that. And, and if we can stay in the positives and get third downs more manageable, we'll be able to convert first downs and get more points on the board. Yeah, the average third down tonight was third and seven, which is actually less than BYU's average coming into the game, so there were some steps made that way. Aiden, by the way, uh, Robbins, not, not not a huge night running it, uh, and he was 3.1 yards per carry, but he was a heavy runner tonight. He, ha- he carried it 16 times, had a couple of nice games, moved the sticks late when you want to lead the game out. I thought it was a good first game back for him. Yeah, it's good to have him healthy and, and running strong. I mean, he's a big boy. Can and get his pads leveled down. He can run some people over, and he had to do that to, tonight. I'm just glad that he's back and healthy, and uh, we can count on him and LJ to be be guys for us. You know. So preparing for this game, how much did you prepare for Baron Morton, the second string quarterback, and how much did you prepare for Jake Strong? And then, when did you finally find out who was actually going to be the starting quarterback? Well, I think for us was the the rather than the focus be on the qu- the quarterback is more about what we're going to try to do. We wanted to establish taking care of the run game because regardless of who their their um, quarterback was going to be, we felt like they were going to try to get um, Taj going. They were trying to get him, uh, kind of get him to be a factor for them in, in having success, and we needed to keep him bottled up. And I, th- I thought for the most part we did that. There's a couple plays that's like, guys, just just secure the tackle. We're trying to, you know, we we didn't we didn't he bounced off of and broke some tackles when we should have had negative plays, but negative law, uh, um, a negative result, and he ended up gaining a little bit more yards. But that's what good backs do. It's what our guys we want our guys to do too. So uh, I think when you do that, and regardless of who the quarterback is, you can really rely on, on. And if you get ahead in the score, you can rely on them having they have to 
they have no choice but to put the ball up in the air. And we had some third and longs that we couldn't get out of, and that frustrates me and Jay so much. But we'll work on it. We'll keep getting there, and, and hopefully get some inter some interceptions, some sacks, and some disruptive plays. Just we dropped a couple uh, interceptions. That yeah. Just simple as just go out there and catch the ball. But and then it cost us that I think crew had a. Uh, had an easy catch. Uh, Eddie had an easy one, and I think the you know when you don't do that, it, it hurts, and especially when they scored a touchdown on that drive. Uh, by the way, Aiden um, was the more, more primary back in the second half. Was that just was, was LJ okay, or did you just want to get both guys a look? Is LJ fine? LJ was banged up a little bit, but he was fine. He was okay. fine to go, and, and I th we just felt like Aiden was in a really good spot at that point, and. Uh, just went with a hot hand right there. But, so LJ is okay for next week then, right? Yeah, we feel okay. like he's going to be okay. He, okay. he had to go get a couple things checked, but he's going to be okay. Hey, tonight's crowd, 63,523, practically a sellout. And uh, Joey McGuire talked about how the Rock end of the stadium, he said, made things difficult on his team again. He said, we've had some miscues at that end of the stadium. And you've seen that before, haven't you? It, it, it's the uh, it's such a huge advantage. And I, I, I hope they know how good they are and how um, – that's why we took them when we wanted to kick that direction. We wanted to play football on that side, and and uh, listen, the, they're they're loud and they have a lot of energy, but the north side is loud too, and 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 the the east and and west side, there's just noise all over the place, and so this is a this is a the the energy is awesome. Um, there's an advantage for us being here at home. You can see when other teams come here, they're just they're in kind of in awe with how our fans are. Um, you can you can hear the things that they say, and I, 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 it's disappointing that there were some some things that took place on the field that that weren't really sportsmanship like, and and we, we could do better on our end to to make things better too. But um, I'm glad our guys were able to control it, and um, I, I'm pretty sure that our fans are great to to their fans, and uh, just I just want to keep showing off our fans and how great our fan base is. Kalani, other than that 72-yard reception to Xavier White for the touchdown that went over the top, I felt like the safeties were fantastic. I thought they played a lot of good football tonight. Crew Wakely batting that ball that landed in Eddie Heckert's hand. Eddie, uh, Ethan Slade with a fantastic grab and a big-time play. Both of them were physical at the line of scrimmage, uh, cutting off the outside edges. Um, I, I felt like it was the best play from those two, and I'm interested, is Talon Alfrey getting close, and could he potentially add to the safety crew? Talon Alfrey, he's practicing. So he practiced last week, practiced this week. He's really close. He was non-contact last week. Um, he's still non-contact. We'll evaluate him over the weekend and see what he looks like on Monday, but he's really close. I know he's, if you ask him, he's ready to go, but but we got to be smart, like like we did with Aiden. And when we can get him healed up, we'll get a better athlete instead of trying to um, trying to force him to play too early. We we have enough players to take care of everything right now. Um, but I can't wait till we get some guys back and, and get some guys, even some guys that are currently on the team, get them more healthy. Hey, Kalani, two of the best catches a BYU player's ever made have happened in a few weeks here uh, within each other. Chase Roberts at Arkansas. Darius Lassiter on the sideline opposite you tonight. Did you get a good look at that from uh, where you were or no? I just saw the replay, but but um, I thought uh, the, here's my problem is that <laughs> they make these catches, and they do it in practice too, but I'm like, Chase, just catch that one. I don't know if you remember. The, there was one right in the middle that he had one hand on it, and I'm like, I've become spoiled with it because I was like, I expect him to catch that, you know. But um, we, we 
is a really good thing when you have guys that that can that have great um, ball skills, and um, you know we will keep working on. It. It's so nice to see Darius make that play. But, man, we, we have so many guys that can do so many great things. It's been really cool. You know, Kalani, I've always heard just different conversations with you over the past, and people are like, hey, back when Lavelle was with us, hey, do you call Lavelle for tips or do you call Andy Ridd for tips? I'm just wondering, will you call your old teammate Steve Sarkeesian for some tips on what to do this weekend? <laughs> no, that one's uh, – he's doing a great job, man. And, and uh, They had a wild game today. Did they? Kalani. Oh, what was the score? Yeah. They were up 21 nothing on Houston, and that was a 24-24 game in the closing minutes. They scored – Texas scored to win at 31-24. Wow. Okay. Well, good. Where, where was the game? The game was in Houston. Oh, wow. Awesome. Well, yeah. and, and I saw that Oklahoma had a close one. So, oh yeah, uh, th- this conference is no joke, man. So we're we got to get everything uh, fixed as much as we can and be ready to roll by the time we go and see Sark and his boys. And I'm excited. I mean, he's he's a good friend. He's been great to me throughout our careers in coaching. And so, I, obviously, we we won't be talking this week, but I'm pretty sure after this year, he and I will be talking again as as often as we do. You know, I, I know that there were some rumors coming out of this game as well, and I, I haven't been able to secure anything, but I know that Quinn Ewers took some big hits, and so I'm sure you'll go back, you'll look at the film, but, Greg, I know you heard the same thing, that Ewers was walking out of the stadium and, and things didn't look like he was all on the up and up. So this should be a big one, Kalani, and you just talked about it, kind of keeping that sideline excitement and trying to bring that fan energy with you on on the road, how are you able to do that in a in a crowd in an environment like like Texas? I I think here's the thing we we get we get so much energy from our fans and the the when when we played TCU they put them so far up in the nosebleeds <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Texas will probably do the same and and we just need to show uh, get our guys to generate the excitement on the sideline and we've done yeah. that before and 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 uh, but they're so impressionable with our fans because our fans are so. They such a huge impact and influence, uh, but we, we need to get our guys to just be like, hey, we on the road, we're going to be on our own, our fans are going to be pretty high and, and spread out, let's just go and let's embrace the noise, and then let's create our own noise on the sideline. Kalani, I know the goal isn't only six wins, but it's a fact that when you get to six, you can make some plans that every team wants to make. And it's a meaningful thing, right, to, to, to get – you've got numerous opportunities, and whenever it comes, it comes. But uh, it's still something you can say is a milestone or a landmark for a team in a season. It's one of your goals every year, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, this, this next game is the most important game of the year because it's the next one up. And it's an opportunity for us to know that we can earn another time to play together. So there's a, a high sense of urgency for us to get that, uh, get that sixth win and uh, – to create more time to spend together because we love each other, man. We want to. Uh, we work so hard for the 12, the twelve guaranteed ones that we get. So it, it's always nice when you can extend that. What what is more important is, is the practice. You get those practices that are. Uh, it's it's like having another spring ball, and for for a young team and for so much of development that we need for our young guys that are filling in for the veterans and when they move on to the NFL. Uh, we, we, those will be really, really important for us. You know what I like? The fact that it's not 1 a.m. right now as we're signing off with you. I kind of <laughs> like, nice. like the 5 o'clock starts because you get the feel of a night game without having to get off the air at 2 in the morning. I so know. Nice. I feel like I, I got no excuse now. I got to go to church. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, too, Kalani, it's so nice seeing the guys do what you coach. I mean, when you guys coach these guys' butts off and coach them hard, and they go out there and they do what Sione Puha told them in the middle and what they do with Gennaro Guilford 
teaches them at the corner, and they do in the pocket what Aaron Roderick shows them. It, it's just it's it's what this did is it refreshed everybody's memory that this coaching staff knows how to coach, and these players when they come out and do it. This is the execution, and this is the outcome. Now we just need to see it against Texas. And and you can win with culture. You know, culture can win you games. And I know that um, strategy and scheme and all that, but uh, you can really win with the connection. With um, that's very true. I mean, that, that, that's just you, you've been part of it. Yeah. Vance, and, and and Greg, you've seen it too. With the close teams find ways to win. This these this is a close group. Uh, they trust their coaches, and and nothing's ever going to be perfect, but. We know one thing, we, we trust each other, we love each other, and we'll keep building on that. And I think you've heard our, a number of our players talk about that often. And that, that allows you to trust each other, never turn or point fingers uh, when adversity hits. And, and, and we've been able to go through some adversity and find ways to become stronger because of it. And that's what we've got to keep focusing on. Well, great night and a beautiful day and night to be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Final word for you on, on the sure Again, we're able to see this this sea of royal blue from our vantage point it's really beautiful to see and i'm not sure how it looks to you down there but i know this is one of those special nights you've just had in this building oh it's 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 awesome i i i keep i keep thinking thanking him father for for this blessing of being able to be this coach and be around such wonderful people and Mm -hmm. it's it's uh i i'm living a dream and, and nobody wake me up yeah amen brother thank you kalani we'll see you next week Love you guys. Love you fans for being here. Appreciate you. Drive home safely and know that we love you guys. Looking forward to seeing everybody in Texas. Thanks, Kalani. Thanks, guys. All right, that is Kalani Sitake and the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Cougar Post Game Live continues after this. Come back with us for that. If you want to tweet us, you can using the hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Post Game Live. That's hashtag BYUCPL. Or you can tweet at Greg Grubel. Just tweet me directly. You can also use our email address. We have an email inbox for the longer, more thought-out comments. It's Cougar Post Game Live at BYU.edu. Cougar Post Game Live at BYU.edu. It is Big O Tires. Cougar Post Game Live. It continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. Let us pause a brief 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Greg Rubel, Hans Olsen, in our All-Pro Capital broadcast booth. Mitchell Jorgens on his way up to the booth to join us. And you are tuned to Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live Part 2. Hashtag BYUCPL on the Twitter machine. Hashtag BYUCPL. One of the first comments I get tonight says, courtesy of at Sasquatch Devin. <laughs> Do you know what's coming? No. Uh-oh. What? Well, like a nitty-gritty clogging competition. or a fiddle contest in Weezer. Uh It's a beautiful thing to see BYU football win. Enjoy the Swachos, he says, and order enough for take-home for Sunday dinner tomorrow. That's a Weezer guy. Uh, Yeah, to to that point, Greg, I worked two summers in a butcher house in Idaho. Naturally. You know, those summers in a butcher house can get long and stinky. 
and you sit in that butcher wall and you know you've got the the heat of the meat and you got all the 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 everything the smells and it gets really thick in this building so you're breathing in and you're you're thinking oh this is just natural and this is just normal and then you step out of that butcher house into the fresh air and that breath that first breath of fresh air that you pull in after a long day in the butcher house it just fills your lungs, and you feel rejuvenated and excited. Was TCU the butcher house and Texas Tech the fresh air? Is that what you're getting at? This is as close to that feeling as stepping out of a summer butcher house as I've had since the summer of 97 mm. when I walked out of that butcher house. I'm telling you, it felt good. I just took a deep breath like, oh, my gosh, these guys are going to respond to the coaches. These guys are going to do what they're asked to do. These guys are going to win. They're going to not just win. They're going to dominate. They're going to win the trench. They're going to hold teams under their rushing average. They're going to rush over their rushing average. And I I feel so renewed. I, I still have, you know, some of the, the blood on me from the butcher house. And, and I'm not totally forgetting what's happening inside there. But in the meantime, I'm outside taking in some deep breaths, and it's really a good feeling. At uh, 8.33 tonight as soon as the game ended i got a text and it was a uh it was a a gif or a gif huh? and it showed uh well it showed a big plate of nachos <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with a comment from cam true underneath just said swatchos with four exclamation points <laughs> yes. love getting those tweets from uh, those te- those texts from from cam and yeah cam we'll see you in a bit here we'll be over there no doubt hashtag byucpl uh, from Bryant, he says, BYU bounced back in a big way tonight. However, I don't feel like they took full advantage of the turnovers. I also felt like they didn't play as efficiently in the second half. What did you notice from first half to second half? Glad to see the run game get going. And then at Team Shep, not our Shep, says, can we talk about the BYU play calling from a fan in the stands that didn't seem good? Tell me we're okay. I'm going to the Texas game, and I want to see better. Now, let's just take a look at the second half. BYU had seven possessions, punted on six of them and had one field goal, uh, four three and outs after halftime. But BYU was playing with a 2-3 to three score lead the entire second half. Because of the way the game was going and how BYU was comfortably in front, I didn't feel like things were going maybe as poorly as maybe some fans might observe. So I'm not hung up on how they called plays or what they produced because the game was the game, and we saw where it was. Um, so I, I guess I'm not as you know, perturbed, if you want to say, if, if these people are bringing up concerns that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you would have liked to do more with what you were getting. Uh, you did punt eight times on the night, which is a big number for a BYU team. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I just go look where the game was and where it ended. After what we saw against TCU, yeah, I, like I said about the Butcher House, this is just really refreshing. So maybe you get lost in that moment just a little bit. But you know who won't get lost in the moment? is Aaron Roderick and Jay Hill and Kalani and the film review. They're going to go back and they're going to find those moments in the second half, and they're going to start to clean those up too. But what I liked was that the this team responded from that loss. And, Greg, I talked to you in that post game, and I, I said, hey, you know, let's take a look at how BYU responds after blowout losses. And – I think we're starting to see a bit of a pattern. I, I know that there was a big blowout, and then they lost to East Carolina, uh, but they got things going against Boise State. This was just nice to see them recover. So to that tweeter's point, 
there are a lot of things that they got to work on in the second half. What did I see in the second half? Well, remember that drive back by their end zone? There was a quick three and out, and I said that looked like a TCU Keaton Slovis drive. Mm. He was floating out of the pocket. He was trying to move away from pressure. He didn't step into the pocket. He had a drop-off to Aiden Robbins. He missed the drop-off. That was a three-and-out, three-play, seven yards, I think. Started at the nine-yard line, right? That's it, yes. Yeah. And and he had a drop-off to Aiden Robbins, but he rolled out of the pocket and, and completely lost his drop-off. And, and so it's almost like he reverted back to that instead of being strong, standing tall, moving forward in the pocket, and keeping all of your receivers eligible in a play instead of excluding them as you drift away from the play. Um, So I saw some of that with Keaton Slovis in the second half. And the other thing is Texas Tech was proud, and they bowed up a touch, and they did get that run game to stop up just just a a spot here and there. So Texas Tech was proud as well. And uh, Let's not forget, Texas Tech's, defense is solid i mean that defensive front is solid and so you knew they were going to get their licks in too well they 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 were picked to finish fourth in a 14 team league for a lot of a lot of good reasons coming into this season Mm -hmm. and and you have to acknowledge the fact that when you're down to quarterback number three a lot of those reasons tend to go by the wayside uh but that said there there, there, there's a a healthy distribution of talent on this texas tech roster and and byu saw it evidence tonight Uh, it's not Again, it's not necessarily how you win it, but that you win it. And BYU's finding a way, I, I guess the cliche or the phrase, you know, they say win ugly. is the, That's what BYU's doing in a lot of ways um, because the offensive numbers aren't there. You know, they're, they're, they're not a prolific team that way, but 5-2 and two is 5-2. and two. Can I throw out your trivia question? When is the last time Greg called a game where there was not a single sack in the entire game? For either team? For either team. That was the case tonight, right? That was the case tonight. I don't have the answer for you. Have to, have to, do you know the answer? It's always nice when the guy has the answer. He says, I got a question. It's always more helpful when you know the answer. I think I don't know the answer. Okay, I'd have to do a little digging on this. I know if Ralph's listening to us, he'd have the answer in two seconds. It's not going to take a ton of work, but it'll take a little bit of work to find that. Well, I'd love to know because, you know, just going back to that, again, that tweet, BYU's offensive line prevented a sack. They did a really good job of just sealing up the pressures. And I talked about this too, Greg. Texas Tech is a team that was averaging six TFLs a game. They only got two TFLs in this game. So And BYU had three. Yeah, BYU had three. So I'm just encouraged with what I saw from the O-line. I'm really encouraged what I'm seeing from Aiden Robbins. And I know that BYU's defense didn't get a sack either, but they were putting up the pressures and they were forcing turnovers. So I just thought that there was a lot of positive to take from this game. And don't be mistaken, because I remember very well after a win like this, thinking, ah, let's go, party and celebration in the film room. And you get to the film room and the coaches have an agenda. They're like, yeah, okay, so anyways, that was nice. But what are we doing here? Why are we getting beat over the top? Where was our safety pressure? Hey, Eddie, why did you fall off of that go? Slade, were you supposed to be over the top? Were you supposed to hook on the man? And and they start focusing on the negatives, and you're like, I guess I better get better there. And you learn from a second half like that. Before I get to Mitch, and Mitch is up here now, what I really liked, you talk about second-half play calling, 
BYU got the ball back with 5.48 to go in the game, leading by two scores. And you talk about you talk about two-minute drills, talk about four-minute drills. Four minutes is when you're trying to bleed the game out. Yeah, eating up the four. Well, what did BYU do with a two-score lead? Went on a five-minute and 30-second drive and essentially won the game with the football. They gave it up at the very, very end for a meaning, meaningless play from Texas Tech. That's what they did. They got the ball with 5.48 to go, and it's a rush, an incomplete pass, a rush, a rush, a rush, a rush, a rush, a rush, a punt, ball game. Okay? They did what they had to do to win the game with a two-score lead. And the big play, as noted by Chaplin Schumann, Chaplin Schumann, hashtag BYUCPL, uh, tweeted in a bit ago, their Aiden Robbins run on third and 13. How about that? Third and 13, yeah. they give Aiden the football. You're probably looking at punting it away, but you're playing it safe, and he runs for 13 and moves the sticks. Yeah, and that was a lot, Aiden. You know, I love to give, uh, I love to promote linemen, and I love to promote blocking. He did get one nice block from Kingsley Soamatea, but... He really went and did that on his own, and I know that that one was reviewed, thinking that it might be short of the marker to gain, uh-huh. but, but the review showed that he had made it. That's Man, I just love seeing it. And that was his long run of the night and long run of the season, and he told us post-game, this is more like the real me. And I, yeah. I, and I think he was saying you didn't see that in games one and two. Yes. It and, feels like he wasn't ready to go. And BYU fans, be encouraged. He's just a junior, so... You know, you, you hope that he finds his bearings, finds his footing, has a really nice end of the season, and then you hope he comes back and has that 1,400-yard year that he was meant to have uh, because he's a dang good back. And and it just – there's something different about the way he runs from LJ. LJ has his own sauce, and LJ has really saved this running back room. But now that Aiden's back, there's something different about the way he cuts off the counter blocks, the trap blocks – the way he uses his blockers, he gets all the way up to the line of scrimmage and then scoots along the backside of the offensive line before he hits the gap instead of trying to mosey along the backfield and then come downhill. He he just does things a little bit different from, from LJ. 27-14, your final BYU over Texas Tech. BYU is now on a seven-game nighttime win streak. Email coming in. Says, it is from uh, Scott, Scott Bodley, emailing using Cougar Post Game Live at BYU.edu. Said he loved seeing John Henry Daly and Siale Esera getting meaningful snaps and making a difference. Siale is going to be a good one. We can see that already, can't we? He's really good, really good. Mitch, did you see much from Siale? Uh, I mean, th- what I saw, I, I, I love his intensity. I love the way he flies around. Um, he, he seems pretty quick, pretty speedy. Yeah. Um, he's out there. Uh, I mean, he's out there, brings a lot of energy and that's, I mean, this defense just looked completely different. Every, every single one tonight looked like they were flying around. They were having a good time. They were having some fun. Um, and, uh, he's one of those guys that you just see him. He's got a pep in his step and, and he's, he's juiced. He's ready to go. I'm going to mention something about Ciali Acera in, in particular here, but did you have something you wanted to say about Aiden? Oh, <laughs> So we talked about, I mean, I mean, he, he looked, yeah, it looked much better today, but standing next to him when I was, when I had the headset on him and you guys were interviewing him, yeah. that is a big man. Yeah. Like he is, I mean, I think his six three two forty is, that makes him look slimmer than he actually yeah. is. Like he is, a, his, his arms are the size of my head. Well, that one yard that he gained and, on, was that fourth and one when he went and got that yard that just downhill tough nose yard. thought it was a third and one might, it might have been a third and one to to keep the the sticks going but yeah, BYU didn't have a fourth down try tonight okay so it was a third and one and he just dug his nose down 
it, because he ran right into a pile and pushed it for the first. Yeah, what, he, what could this mean for BYU down the stretch to have oh, a healthy Aiden Robinson? Oh, come on. If, if he starts, oh, it could be so nice. If he starts to get his stride, um, you know, and the, and the offensive line can give him some, uh, give, give him the ability to get to the second level. Oh, it gets me excited. That's a, that's a dangerous running back that I guarantee you a lot of DBs are not wanting to take head on. Because he's just a big, angry, fast runner. And, and if he is, if he's like, look, you haven't seen him. Because he yeah. made mention of it. He's like, you haven't seen me yet. Um, oh, in all reality. He's, uh, so if, if, that's, if that's true and, and he can get going, I mean, this is, this is incredible. Especially when late in the season you're going to need guys that are fresh with, uh, with, a, with some pep in their step. So. And Kalani did acknowledge uh, LJ got banged up enough to have some things looked at. Yeah. So that was a factor in Aiden yeah. getting 16 carries and LJ getting only 10. And LJ was at 9.3 yards per carry on those 10. So you hope now that LJ's not going to be hamstrung because with those two guys going, oh, that's, that's, a pretty good, that's a pretty good one too. I know Deion Smith had a nice, uh, I think it was a catch out the backfield and, and went up the, the field a bit. But got a seven-yard gain on a swing, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Ciala Serra because – there was a third down attempt. I think it was third and 13. It might have been a swing pass. And Siale fought off of a block and made a solo tackle at the sideline to force a fourth and three or so. And it was all him. He was locked up at the outside linebacking position. Offensive lineman, or no, it was a tight end, had him locked up. I watched him fight like a dog off of it, and he got the tackle on the sideline. Those individual plays are big time. And you asked Kalani about Siali Isera and Harrison Taggart and kind of how that fits. I look at Siale's style as being more of a power linebacker, and I think that fits more against what Texas is going to try to do. And I, th- I would, ju- I just have to imagine, and I, and I know, like Ciali Sarah is young, and if you can preserve years or whatever you can do with him, you want to do it. But my goodness, I think he's a perfect fit for what Texas is going to try to do, and I think you unleash the beast. How about the uh, the roller coaster TCU's on right now? Oh, so check this out. Oh, TCU comes into the BYU game off of back to back losses to West Virginia and Iowa State. Then they throttle BYU 44-11. Then they go to Manhattan today and lose 41-3. 41-3 K-State over TCU. So BYU and TCU just flipped roles one week to the next. BYU had to bounce back from what happened in Fort Worth, and what happened in Fort Worth meant nothing to TCU the next week. Well, what's weird, I, I just... I actually rewatched the game for the second time today. I watched the Texas Tech Kansas State game, and that Kansas State team beat this Texas Tech team, but not like that. Not not forty-one to three kind of beating. Like I actually, Texas Tech probably wins that game if they're able to keep uh, Morton on the field. But remember. Morton goes off. Jake Strong comes on. He throws three picks and it kind of loses it against Kansas State. This Texas team, Texas Tech team, I think would have beat that Kansas State team last week that just went and destroyed TCU, a team that just destroyed BYU. So, look, man, cats and dogs are playing and lions are laying in a field with sheeps and 
you know, I feel like the world is turned upside down right now. I don't know what to expect. Can, can you know that Kansas State ran for 343 yards today? Look at this. Is that what you had? Mitchell? I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Ward, Ward had 89. and that, So they run for 343, and no one had 100. Ward, 89. Giddens, 85. Johnson, 73. Howard, 62 is the quarterback, by the way. The two quarterbacks combined for 135 rushing yards. Yeah. And they ran for 343 on TCU and got just destroyed today. The Horned Frogs did. Well, I think this, this Big 12 has been so crazy. And everyone's only played four league games, well, four, maybe Texas, five league games. Texas nearly lost to Houston today. They, they did after leading 21 nothing after about 15 minutes. Mitch, did you see some of the reports that yours was in a sling, too? Uh, yes, and then I did see in um, I was uh, when I was in the locker room. Um, it said that he went out in the fourth quarter, so it was confirmed. And, and then uh, somebody had mentioned to me, I didn't, so I didn't see anything. But what was reported was that he was in a sling. He finished with his pads off, um, so that could be I'm just, another I'm just another backup that. quarterback for BYU if he's not ready to go. All, yeah, Malik, all, all Mur- Malik Murphy was the quarterback in the fourth. In the fourth, quarter. yep. All bets are off in this league right now and what i just saw with matchups matchups is a big thing because jalen hutchings they call him jay boogie he's everything that anybody in the interior was for tcu but connor pay locked him up connor pay beat him up most of the night he got a couple of different pushes up the middle but for the most part i felt like that interior o-line locked him up and then i want to give a shout out to paul miley because i was kind of hard on paul miley through the week and just film review and what I was talking about on the show. Um, Paul Miley redeemed himself tonight. He had a couple of game-changing lane open, opening blocks, and I was happy to see that. So maybe they're finding more comfort now in their second week with Paul Miley at the left guard, putting Connor Pay at the center. Felt like the snaps were better. I felt like Keaton Slovis was able to keep his eyes up, didn't have to take any low snaps today. So it just all felt a lot better. Before we head to break, and we'll get a trivia question coming up here too, uh, BYU is tied for sixth in the 14-team Big 12 through three conference games. This is also interesting. Of the four newcomers, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati are 12th, 13th, and 14th Oh wow! right now, and BYU is tied for sixth. sixth. Tied for six with an opportunity to still make some noise. Like those, the, the, those three teams, Houston, UCF, Cincy, the other three newcomers, the American Athletic Conference teams, they're a combined one and 11, and BYU's two and two. Well, as you mentioned, everything's kind of on the table. West Virginia struggled a little bit today. And, and so what a different – now we did, at least I did, I think you agreed too, that, that the setup for this game was must win for, yeah. for bowl eligibility. Now that you got this one and the way you won it, now you're looking at having to find one win in five games, and now you're feeling like, well, there's at least one, and why not more the way this league is shaking out week to week? Well, from this point, how I would probably handicap it. For the new handicap from hands here. Here we go. The new handicap would be. So we're going from uh, most winnable to least winnable games last five. Most, most winnable to least winnable. I am going to go West Virginia. Oh, on the road? Yes, on the road. And then Iowa State at home? And then I'm going to go Iowa State at home, Oklahoma State on the road, Texas on the road, and then Oklahoma at home. At home. So I've got West Virginia, Iowa, Iowa State. State at home, Oklahoma State on the road, Texas on the road, and then Oklahoma. That's the way I'd handicap the five. Would you guys change it? Does that, does that change if yours is... 
not playing? Um, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, th- I still think Longhorn Stadium, I still think I'm going to put him in there at uh, second most difficult. They call it DKR, Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium, and it will have 100,000 fans in it next Saturday afternoon. It is an afternoon game. BYU has the great nighttime record, and a lot of this is who you play, not just when you play, obviously. But Kalani says it's time you have to acknowledge it. When you go 20-1 and one at night, something's happening. Um, they're usually the afternoon games mean the better window, uh, the bigger network, and the better opponent, and that's the case next week when you get Texas. But BYU, I think it's 5-9 and nine in the last 14 day games. And, uh, and, you know, regardless of when you play Texas, it's going to be hard to beat Texas, and they get them in the afternoon next week. It just happens, so happens in Austin. Trivia, what do you think? Trivia time? What flight are you taking home? I just want to make sure I'm on it. <laughs> By the way, this is interesting, too. So, <laughs> You're such a jerk. I'm not. You always, you always question my intent. You always assign me much more devious intentions than it really exists. <laughs> So last week, it just so happened that Mitch and I had early flights out of, where were we, Fort Worth, out of Dallas, Fort Worth, DFW. Mitch and I had early Sunday morning flights. I had to get to a soccer uh, game, so I had to leave early, and Mitch just happened to be on my flight. We got an early flight out, and you guys, you and Matt, the spotter, got a late flight out. I didn't know how late. I just thought you were later Sunday, because you didn't really tell us what was happening other than the fact that you were delayed. The next thing we knew, we got a text from you Monday saying, hey, I made it home. And we thought, well, of course you made it home a little later, but it was, we thought you were like a day later just telling us you made it home. You didn't make it home till Monday. <laughs> Monday at 11.35. Yeah. My, the, for some reason, the pilot's chair broke, and they were like, yeah, yeah. This, it, and that was supposed to leave at, like, noon. And they were Sun, like, yeah. Sunday at, Sunday at noon. Yeah, now they're like, yeah, and now it won't leave until 7. And I saw, like, all of the BYU bigwigs, like, you know, guys that have been traveling for years, like Duff Tittle, and they're on their phones like, oh, I'll get the next flight out. And I knew I'm not going to beat those guys. And so I sat there, and I'm like, I go talk to the attendant. I'm like, really, 7 o'clock? I said, can you guys just give me a hotel and, and just let me go and, and comfort myself with some hot milk? And uh, and finally, they flipped me the hotel after I sat there for three hours. And then I felt like Tom Hanks in the movie Big. Because they put me in a, a bad hotel, so I'm sitting in my bed rocking. Like, oh, I, need, I, I just need some comfort. It, it really was a scary hotel. I know I'm big, but I get scared easy. You needed grandma's blanket. So then I wake up. I'm supposed to leave at 8 a.m. <laughs> comfort blanket. Supposed to leave at 8 a.m. I get there early, early, because the guy's like, oh, the Dallas uh, airport, you're going to have to be there two hours early. I get there way early, but I got that pre-check thing. I'm there two hours early, and then my plane gets pushed back another hour and a half. I finally get back here at 11.35. My show starts at noon, and I was like, I'm here. I'm here, and I sent you guys a text. I'm like, I I finally made it, and I didn't get anything back. Like, hey, bud, you okay? You dehydrated? What you, are you lonely? Nothing. We just presumed you were catching up with the fact that you had a late flight on Sunday, and we thought, well, that's life. But no, you didn't get. So, so listeners who 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 tune into this post game show, oh. they they must have concluded by now that you don't know how to travel. <laughs> I don't know how to travel. I kind of just go with the wind, the breeze. It takes me, and I I go with it, and 
It doesn't work. It's I'm like planes, stop going with the like, breeze. It's like planes, trains, and automobiles every week <laughs> yeah. with this guy. And I'm John Candy, man. You see, he's a, he's a shower ring salesman, and he's just doing his best I'm, to get by. I'm Dale Griffith. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the doll that pulls its own string. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just glad we haven't had a those aren't pillows moment yet on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time, man. Give it time. All right. This is uh, Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Oh, no, yeah, it is. And we also have the, uh, the BYU Creamery Inside Scoop trivia question. Let's get to that, shall we? All right. Um, he's got this somewhere. Greg's got this. Greg's act- Greg actually came prepared for this one. All right. Uh, this is the way it goes. Uh, you use the hashtag BYUCPL. Hashtag BYUCPL. You have to use that hashtag on Twitter. It's got to come in on Twitter. Emails will not work for this, and you can't text me personally. Uh, just tweet using the hashtag BYUCPL. And the first correct answer that comes through, as long as you haven't already won this year. So we have a few rules here. If you've already been a winner, we're going to ask you to, even though you're smart, just sit this one out. Uh, And so if you haven't won yet and you have the first tweet on my timeline with the correct answer, you'll win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Here is your question. How many total touchdowns did Taysom Hill score in BYU's wins over Texas in 2013 and 2014? How many total touchdowns did Taysom Hill score his own self in BYU's wins over Texas in 2013 and 14? First correct answer, hashtag BYUCPL gets two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. It's BYU Creamery Inside Scoop Trivia on Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back in a minute. Utah is a special place. Our communities, the people, the history, there is no place quite like Utah. At Siegfried and Jensen, we're honored to say that we are from Utah. We live here, work here, and when someone is injured, we're proud to say we've helped a neighbor when they've needed it most. We know Utah. At Siegfried and Jensen, we're here for you. Listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. Welcome back to LaBelle Edward Stadium. We're in the All Pro Capital Broadcast booth. It's our closing segment of Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Let's get the answer to tonight's skill testing trivia question. The question was. How many total touchdowns did Taysom Hill score in BYU's wins over Texas in 2013 and 2014? BYU beat the Longhorns 40-21 to here in 13, 10 years ago, and 41-7 to there the following year. We, of course, ask this question because it's BYU and UT next Saturday in Austin. And the correct answer here, would you guys have gotten this? What would your guess would have been, uh, Mitch, if I hadn't told you the answer in the break? So off the top of my head, I was going to say eight. Okay, and That's what would you have said, Hans? Six. And six is the answer. And Brad Garner is the first in using hashtag BYUCPL to say six. Six was the important thing because that was the question, how many? Um, He was in a hurry, and his fingers were flying pretty fast because spell check didn't help Brad with the rest of his answer. But the first part of his answer is six, and that's the part that counts. And so Brad Garner answers correctly, and six is the answer. Taysom had three touchdown runs in the 2013 game, and three touchdown runs in the 2014 game. Here's the interesting thing. In BYU's two wins over the over Texas in those two years, zero touchdown passes in either game. It was all on the ground. 
nine touchdown runs and field goals after that. And it was three runs, for, or six from Taysom, two from Adam Hine, and one from Paul Lasique. That did all the scoring in those How two How is that runs. even possible? No, de- no defensive scores, right? No defensive scores. Okay. It was nine rushing touchdowns and then a bunch of field goals. Hey, what was were you? Yeah, six field a, goals. Were you throwing out a number for defensive scores when Heckard fell on the ball in the end zone? Yeah, BYU under Kalani is now ten and three with a defensive touchdown. With a defensive touchdown. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, what a great moment for him. But yeah, I, that's that's incredible. I just remember those Taysom Hill Texas games were as memorable and as great a moments as BYU fans have to recall. And I just hope that this BYU team can give them some of those same memories. You know, whatever it is, and, you know, Cody Epps early in this game played a role, and then Cody Epps kind of faded off. Uh, Isaac Rex early in this game kind of played a role and then kind of faded off. I, I think you go back to the game film and you're like, oh, maybe we got to hit Cody Epps a couple more times. Maybe we got to hit Isaac Rex in the second half a couple more times. But um, what I'm hoping is, you get the dynamic play of Cody Epps, the dominant play of Isaac Rex, the downhill running of Aiden Roberts. You can get a more consistent Slovis. And if this BYU offensive line and this BYU defensive front do what they did tonight against Texas Tech, they're in this game. They are in this game against the Longhorns. He is Hans Olsen. We're here with Mitchell Jurgens as well, Mitch. Well, and, and somebody that I want to throw in the mix, again, we didn't see him too much. Uh, he wasn't as involved today, but Chase Roberts, he's been spectacular this whole season. Yeah. You get him involved. I mean, BYU, with Aiden Robbins coming back, they've got so many weapons. Yes, they do. And if they if they scheme it right, um, I mean, you can get all those guys engaged and involved. Um, I mean, they're, they're playmakers out there, and, and I, I love to see Cody and Aiden start to get a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more experience, yep. because now you're going in with a pretty stacked, uh, you know, weaponry for this this game in Austin that I think is going to be, um, I mean, this is what you want going into this game. Yeah, BYU's 5-2 and two with, with, with OK offense. If the OK turns into pretty good to really good down the stretch, yeah. then, you know, then, then let's see what happens. Who knows what happens, man. And, I, and coming out of a game like this, I just, I just feel re- renewed, rejuvenated because I see that these players can take coaching and take that coaching and put it on the field. Because I know that they got coached really hard after the TCU game. And, Mitch, how nice is it to see them take that coaching and then just put it on the field, do what the coaches told them to do? Oh, so nice. And uh, who was it um, in the postgame interviews? Oh, it was Jacob Robinson where he said, you know, last week it just didn't uh, – or, or, you know, you asked him about tackling because yeah. he had missed some tackles. The whole team was missing tackles last week against TCU. And he said today not much changed. It was just a mindset. They have to remember that mindset going into next game because it is. And, and you saw it against TCU. The, it, there was something missing, but tonight it was back, especially on defense. If they can bring that same energy, that same mentality where it's like, look, yeah, we're in a big stadium with 100,000 people. It, could, it may take a little bit or some people may, some of the players may think, like be looking up at the 100,000 fans thinking, oh, gosh, like this is a big game. They can't think that. Just go out there. Pretend it's like practice. Go out and make plays. Be confident. You belong on that field, and go make a play. Yep. BYU 27, Texas Tech 14, our final. Texas Tech ran 23 more plays than BYU. It's been a recurring theme. Mm-hmm. Teams are running a lot of plays and not getting the bang for their buck, and BYU scores 27 points on 57 plays. BYU is one of the best teams in the country 
in points per play. They don't run a lot of plays, but they get more bang for their buck than the opposition is more often than not. By the way, congratulations again to Brad Garner, tonight's ice cream winner, former ice cream winner from earlier this year. Ryan Lundgren says, I enjoyed a bowl of ice cream when I got home from the game. Thanks. Maybe he's still enjoying his famous creamery ice cream that he received earlier in the year. And that, by the way, was Inside Scoop Trivia brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Hashtag BYUCPL on the Twitter. You can also email Cougar Post Game Live at BYU.edu. That is an email address you can use if you have some comments you'd like to share with us. Greg Grubel and Hans Olsen and Mitchell Jurgens in our broadcast booth. Uh, close to wrapping things up uh, on this night. Uh, Brad, by the way, uh, asks how he gets the ice cream. He says, I live in Rexburg. Well, guess what? That's okay that you're out of state. We will deliver it to you. Mm-hmm. You will get your famous creamery ice cream in, 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 a, in a frozen ice-packed container for you to enjoy with you and yours up there in the gem state. Uh, back in my day at BYU, we used to do the cream melt challenge. Have you ever heard of that at the creamery? Mm-mm. So you'd get a big old triple scoop, and you weren't allowed to chew. You had to let each bite just melt in your mouth, and then all you could do is just swallow. It was like milk or, you know, like the chunk cookie. And you had to let each bite melt. And you could, it, and let me just tell you, it's so enjoyable to do it that way because you savor every bite. It takes longer to eat your ice cream. <laughs> it's a fun challenge. Let's go do it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ice melt challenge at the creamery. It's real. It, look, college students are, especially BYU students, we're always looking for good, wholesome things to do. Now, we're, we're going to have a lot of years together to do fun things. Yeah. And this could be one of the fun things. Yeah, let's not do them all at once. We'll 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 just kind of we'll pace ourselves. <laughs> we'll pace ourselves. But well, I'm excited just about just that getting one. hands to and from a road destination is is kind of a fun challenge in and of itself. <laughs> but I'm making it. <laughs> I, I'm making it. It's just barely. Hey, were there any empty possessions in the red zone for BYU? No, three for three. Gosh, they are just racking it up, man. So BYU's now twenty-one for twenty-three. With 16 touchdowns, that is. No, the, 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 that's going to move them. Again, on. if you're not yeah. going to be lighting up the, if you're not going to be lighting up the stat sheet and the scoreboard on offense, you better be good at the other things. Yeah. And and BYU is a top 10 team probably after tonight in turnover margin, and they're one of the top teams in the country in red zone scoring and red zone touchdown percentage, and they're one of the best at holding the field position advantage in a game, and and now they're five and zero with the advantage in field position after tonight. So if you can't do everything, you better do some things particularly well. And those are three pretty big ones to be good at. Field position, turnovers, and red zone. Mm-hmm. If you're an offense that's just good at those things, BYU's already shown that you can still be a winning football team without 400 yards a game. Yep. Because BYU's winning at 270. is winning games against FBS opponents under 300 yards regularly when it meant losses before, I, I shared the stat with Kalani in the audience. If you were under 300, first four years or so of Kalani's, ten, six, seven years of Kalani's tenure, you're losing. They were 0-11 under 300. Last six games under 300, 5-1. What does that mean? It means you're, do, you're doing the other yeah. things you have to do to stay in the game. That's how you can run only 57 plays and beat a team by two scores. Yeah. Well, and, and with the exception of the red zone um, percentages and their scoring, uh, 
the the other two categories with field position and turnover margin, that's also not just the offense. That's the entire team. It's well, that's special, why I love the stat because it, 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 team. everything is, comes into it. Yeah, this is a collective team effort that is getting that is putting BYU in a position to come away with these victories, and, and, and I love to see it. And you see it. I mean, even the offense, they praise the defense. The defense praises the offense. You're not seeing point, you know, people pointing fingers, and, and that's when it can get pretty um, toxic within a, within a team, and you're not, you're not seeing any of that. Beforehand's response to that, yeah. one, one more, more number for you on this one. Uh, under Kalani, tonight BYU improved to 22-3 and three with zero sacks allowed. 22 and 3. Yeah, okay. Just That's just great. when you don't get your quarterback put down on the ground. Yeah, it's so nice to see that. Uh just speaking to the complete team effort. Let's really take a look at the special teams tonight. Yeah. Two made field goals. You had forced fumble on a punt return. You had booming punt after booming punt. You know, really the special teams when things felt like okay, it's not quite out of reach for Texas Tech. The special teams was like, yeah, no it is. It's out of reach. We're going to keep pinning you back in the corner. We're going to force a turnover on special teams. We're going to knock through six points on field goals. And, guys, it, the special teams wasn't good against TCU. Mm. They just weren't. They had penalties. No, yeah, they had penalties and drawbacks. And Block punts punt. were coming off, uh, off awkwards. And snaps were not really solid. And it just didn't look right. And, and that phase came along with the team as well tonight. And that TCU game was was unique in that there wasn't one real bright spot, right? Everybody could take an equal part in it, and everybody had a lot of work to do, and pretty much everybody responded one week later. Really encouraging. Yep. Really encouraging. Five and two. Encouraged. And and one win away from bowl eligibility. We called this, and not only us, called it kind of a bowl eligibility elimination game of sorts. It would have been easier mathematically for BYU than Texas Tech, but now the Red Raiders have to come off a bye and find three wins in four games or they will not be playing in the postseason. Oh, they're toast. And this is a team that was picked to finish fourth in this league coming into the year with a coach that has a lot of positive rep in this game. They're toast, man. That I, When we were talking with Brian, their play-by-play voice in the pregame, he was like, we, we don't win this one. It's, a, it's over for us. And he w- he was devastated because he felt like this is a good team. And I think not only did he think this was a good team, Joey McGuire thought it was a good team. Well, and, and <clears throat> this BYU defense played well tonight, but Jake Strong did not look good. It, it, he he guys, didn't. They got to get Baron Morton back, and they should have him for yeah. the stretch run. They've got a bye week. Then you go TCU home, KU on the road, UCF home at Texas to end the season. Okay, so I, I know that it's a third-string quarterback, but is this BYU's best win? Uh, well, the, this t- season, e- even, yeah. yeah, even though TCU has uh, rather, even though Texas Tech has a losing, I've been doing the TCU Texas Tech thing all night long, even though Texas Tech has a losing record because I saw you tweet out everybody's records. Yeah, I mean, so it's the best record. It's the only team with three wins. But it's, I would say Sa- Sam Houston's on 0 the road 7. is probably better win. Yeah, but, but the way they've looked since, I don't know, it, they're, they're two and six now. They got they scored three points today. I don't know. Oh, did they, who'd they lose to today? Uh, Mississippi State, which was also winless in the SEC until it was a 7-3 game. Though the game finished 7-3, uh, that's really abysmal. <laughs> and Raheem Sanders isn't playing, so I can only presume that he's not been healthy all year. KJ Jefferson's still playing, though. Right? So, yeah, he's still the guy. So this might be their best win of the season so far. Yeah, I mean Arkansas's got to pull a couple wins, or it's not going to look good. If they finish the season on a swoon, it, it won't look good. I will tell you, it's going to be difficult because uh, this team and uh, this win will be picked apart by Texas and be picked apart by pundits because they'll say, "Ah, oh, it's a third-string quarterback." It'll be picked apart a little bit. That's why BYU's got to continue to to show it and yeah. prove it. You know, yeah. this. Well, it's- 
Texas team is going to be tough, whether it's yours or whoever. Malik Murphy was the backup that came in. Well, well I think today showed, and, and, and that's the hope, right? And, and I think your message um, earlier in the postgame was, you know, had this loss, um, had a loss happen to Cincinnati, do they play better against TCU? And you've kind of seen this back-and-forth type performances from BYU. Um, if they can go into this Texas game recognizing, like, we cannot have another back-and-forth performance, um, and they treat their prep week just like they treated this week, you're putting yourself in a pretty good spot and, and at least to go compete against a really, really good football team. They need to do it. They can't get back in that, you know, thinking this game is too big or, you know, riding this high for too long that they played better. Um, you have to continue to improve uh, because there are. There's still aspects of the game, especially offensively, that can get much better to compete at a higher level against Texas. Okay, so BYU and UT is at 130 Mountain time kick, 2.30 there in Austin. And that's um, that's BYU in Texas with the Cougars holding a substantial uh, series edge. Uh, BYU's played well against Texas and, for that matter, Oklahoma historically. And they'll try and do it again uh, one week from today. It'll be hot in that stadium. Yeah, I, I think I was looking at a fork. I think it was looking like the 80s. In the long-term forecast, I think it was yeah. in the 80s. Let me just see here. I'll bet it'll still be pretty warm down on that field. Uh, forecast right now is for 83 degrees and a chance of precip. But the precip numbers are, you can't predict those eight days out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll still be warm. Uh, it's good. It's going to be toasty. I, you know, if, if I'm Kalani, I bring them on the indoor. I crank up the heat. See if I can't get him a little heat exhaustion. Get him, get him ready for a little bit of moisture and and a little hard breathing because it can be hard down there. You know what's kind of going on in Austin this weekend? UT was on the road. They were at Houston, but it's Formula One. I'm a huge Formula One fan. I love Formula One, oh. and Formula One has a race in Austin every year. And this is the weekend. It's in Austin, so BYU missed it by a week. I was really hoping it would match up that BYU'd be at UT on a weekend of the F1, but uh, it's you not. Go hit some F1. And now that Texas leaves the league, you think, well, Greg, you're out of luck. But no, because Baylor is close, and you always fly into Austin to go to Baylor. So one of these years, it's going to work out that BYU plays at Baylor on the weekend that F1 is in town, and I want to I check that. It's kind of a bucket list thing for me. What's the draw for you on F1? What, what brings you to it? Uh, the technology, uh, the machines themselves, the personalities of, uh, of the racers. Uh, I wish the racing was better sometimes. I feel like, you know, Max Verstappen just kind of wins every race, and, and, and the races themselves have these huge intervals between the best teams and, and the lesser teams. But I, 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 I think when I started taking frequent trips to the U.K., they're so big into it over there in Europe, I was just kind of drawn to it. And, and the machines and the way, uh, the, the, the way the circuits go week to week and the crowds they draw and, and the spectacle that it is, it's just a big deal. I, I just love it. I've always, yeah, I, I like a certain amount of, of racing, but I've always wondered how monitored the racing and, and the cars and the technology really is. I always feel like there's somebody out there that's got an angle and a design. And well, an, that's the and thing is, is the best technology teams have cars that are so much better than the others that there are certain teams that have no shot to win a race and certain teams that are always winning the race. And that's the part where it gets a little boring sometimes, the same people in the same cars, but that's the business. I wish they'd find a way to make the racing more equal. What, uh, but but you What's know. considered the biggest race in F1? Well, I mean, Monaco is kind of the most historic, and you know that's maybe the one that people look at. But have you the, gone yet? I've never gone to an F one race. Like I said, it's a bucket list item for me. Oh, we got to get you and there. So we gotta get you to the ball center. The Austin one seemed, but here's the thing: it's in Vegas next month. 
but it's on a Saturday night. Like, they never race on Saturdays. It's always Sunday racing, but they're actually racing on a Saturday night, but it's the night that BYU plays Oklahoma here at home. I got you. Mitch and I got you. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. Yeah, fans are like, yeah, we don't need Greg. <laughs> Hans has a point. Oh, could you imagine? Mitch and I in the booth looking like a couple of Oh, no. Just in here. Ooh, ah, ah, and, so, ah. and so the ironic thing is they've added a second race close six hours away, but, but the timing is such that it, it won't work. And plus, I think it's been sold out for a long time. Either way, this is kind of a tangent, but I'd love to get to an F1 race sometime, and I'm hoping it happens in Austin one of these years. Hey, there's a lot happening in Texas right now. Not necessarily Austin, but you got the American League Championship Series. Rangers-Astros. Uh, Houston-Astros. Hey, Go down 2-0, now one they're up 3-2. And that's the, the two, well, the road teams won all four games, right? Uh, all five. Well, five oh, to this point. they played the first two in Houston. Texas won both right. of those. And then they just played three in uh, Arlington. And then uh, Houston won three. So they're going back to Houston right, tomorrow yeah. to play game six. Houston's up 3-2. Hey, so see, so yeah, last night's game was the 3-2 game, wasn't it? It put them up 3-2, yeah. Yes. Hey, see, this is the nice thing, though. Two, two, hour, two plus hours post-kick, late at night. We could sit here and do whatever we want. <laughs> There's nobody listening now. Like if they are, they're you'd be surprised. Picking up on the F one, the F one racing. <laughs> That's fine. I'm I'm enthralled. You know that there are a lot of people on their long post game drives back to places like Weezer that uh, that are just yeah. like <laughs> it's right. It's it's, it's, hey. it's actually you know it's like either us or Spotify, and for some reason we're actually a better choice for a little bit more. We had some Weezer folk <laughs> in the stadium today. And uh, I talked about Mama Olson. Yeah, you said she. It was, this was her first game in your building since you played here. Since I played here, since our last kick. And so it was Lavelle Edwards, middle of the field. Uh, they were unveiling the naming of the stadium. The New, New Mexico was in town, wasn't it? The low was, was that day? It was New Mexico, and the prophet came in our locker room, and Lavelle told me to keep my mouth shut. And the prophet told us not to muff it. And... Nobody even cared about the seniors and us getting our blankets. It was sad because it was all about Lavelle. He really stole my thunder, Greg. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was a special day. It was. In every way. It was. And, I, and, man, I would give anything to hug that guy one more time. I loved him. Loved my, myself some Lavelle. Uh, Natalie Ipson. I know Natalie. Not everyone knows Natalie. But those in the BYU community know Natalie. She is a uh, she is a higher up in the BYU communications community. She does a lot of great work in terms of uh, uh, what the school does from an external standpoint. It's PR, um, it's outward image, all that work. Uh, Natalie's great, and she says, "Hands out here, giving solid advice about BYU Creamery ice cream consumption." <laughs> she says, "She says, sign me up for the next challenge." <laughs> I'm telling you, this is fun for the kids. It's fun for the adults. You go and you get the three is it? scoop jumbo scoop, and you got to get stuff that that doesn't have like you know full chunk M Ms yeah. or full chunk Oreo cookies because you can't chew. Everything has to just be in your mouth, melt and swallow. Is it so? Is that hard to do? Like, do you have to have extreme patience? I'm a I inhale my food. I eat fast, and I you have to have insane truth. Patience. Truth See, on would Mitch. Be, that would we, be, we've we've had enough meals together, but that's why you have to assign the jaw watcher, and the jaw watcher just sits on the side profile, and if he sees the jaw flex, you're out. It's a challenge. Yeah. There's no joke. Why it's here. a challenge. Uh, quick X's and O's uh, tweet coming in or text coming in. No, it's a tweet. Hashtag BYUCPL from Mike. 
Uh, Mike asks, thoughts on the lack of third down conversions. It was another tough third down day for BYU. He says, seems like a lot of East-West and not targeting the third down marker. What did end up? Uh, what did BYU's number end up being tonight? Uh, four of 14 on third downs. The biggest conversion happened on a third and 13 run by Aiden Late. But uh, any thoughts are, on where third downs are for BYU? There, how, how many of those were third and short? Because I don't recall many third and – I know they converted a third and one. Um, but I don't In fact, BYU on the year is now six short. for six on third and ones. That's nice. Th- these are the distances for BYU on third down tonight. Uh, three, seven, three, four, nine, four, ten, four eights in a row. Mm. Then a 13 they converted, a one they converted, and they ended the game with an 18 where they weren't trying to get it. They just gave the ball back at that point. So they're not getting too many third and shorts. And, and, and I think that's, uh, I mean... One of the issues, right? If you're constantly third and eight. Yeah, I'll do a tweet on this, and I'll retweet yeah. it this week. But I've been tweeting about the last 10 years or thereabouts, the percentage of third downs that are third and one, third and two. And BYU's number compared to the history is very low. Like, like they're getting very few third and shorts compared to what they have been getting historically. Yeah. And I, th- I think I heard you say to Kalani that it was y- your average was third and seven and a half. Or Today it was third and seven point four. Before go after last week, I think it was around third and eight point five on the average. So they took maybe a yard off their average on third downs today. Well, I think it's going to improve, Mitch. I don't know about you, but with Aiden Robbins in there, and if you can get this run game clicking a little bit, bust off a four yard run on first down, maybe get yourself a three yard run on second. You know, and, and give yourself those third and twos, that's when the door really opens. That's when a defense is having to expect everything. Give me the three and the third and two or third and three, and we could start to talk. So, so, Greg, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see that average slide down to like five and a half. That would take a lot of work third based and on five the number and of games they played third so far. And six and a half. Yeah. Well, and what, what third and two, third and one, third and two, third and three shows you is. They're moving the ball on first and second down. Right. The problem is when you're at th- uh, third and eight and a half, you're not moving the ball on first and second, then just hoping for a big play on third down. Yeah. And and that's just not you. You can't repeat that continuously for success, or else yeah. you you wouldn't be getting third downs because you're getting ten yards of play. But it's just not been the case, and and they've got to find a way to to get to those third and twos because again, that tells you that they're moving the ball on first and second. They're not. Um, they're not having negative plays, and, and they're actually just continuously marching down the field. Yeah, last week was about as bad as it gets um, because they were uh, on, their, on their first down plays, the average game was two and a half yards, and their third down plays, the average game was a half yard. Mm. So you, you can't, you, that's not sustainable. Uh, Kyle on the Twitter, Hans, says, I'm on the drive back to Idaho. I'll take the F1 talk to keep me up. <laughs> Kimball. Are you sure that's not going to put you to sleep? Kimball. Kim, <laughs> F1 slander. Yeah. And, uh, Kimball, I'll have none of it. Kimball takes a pick of the work he's doing in the dark and says, I'm still listening as I build my deck. And he's building a deck. And there's the pick to show that he's building a deck while listening. We love you, man. Keep Our man, Dusty Lister. You know Dusty Lister. Yeah, Dusty's the best. Dusty says nothing better. Then the end of show topics. I'm here for it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Cougar post game live after dark is where it really is where it really goes down. Yeah, well, people are still hanging out, man. I, I mean, the Swatchos are waiting for us. No, we do need to go. Yeah, uh, we do need to get to Swatchos, and we've been on the air for eight hours, so it's an eight-hour broadcast. It's a full work day. We better go. Well, it's a blessing, and it feels like it's just forty minutes. It's just been incredible. I'll spend eight hours on a broadcast as long as BYU is winning. I'll tell you that makes it easy. 
makes it fun. And if we could leave right now from here to Texas and play that game tomorrow, I'm all up for it. Well, the way you travel, you might do that. <laughs> and, get, and get there just before games. You might need seven days to get to the team hotel the way you do things. Greg's How long have you guys been traveling? Greg's, Greg's going to be texting hands throughout the week to remind him to check into his flight. <laughs> I just, I just need to make sure I'm on the flights with you guys. Like, everything goes so smooth for you. And it's just a little bit harder for me. Just a little bit. That's right. Yep. All right. Um, well, that, that wraps it up. That, that, that's it for the fun and games today. It really was a lot of fun. 27 It's always fun when BYU wins. We're glad you were part of it with us. Let's thank the crew. We'll start off with the folks back at BYU Radio, the folks in the engineering shop, and then you go into the studio with our control board operators, James Finlayson and Ethan Arkell. Excellent work by those guys. And from our studio editor, Josh Berksom, as well. And uh, looking over all of it is our coordinating producer, Terry South. Our appreciation to our booth engineers, Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Clark also assists BYU on the operations side, BYU Radio, he and Sean O'Neill. And Sean was also assisting Barry Squires as our Cougar Canyon engineers. Our thanks to BYU Associate Athletic Director in charge of corporate sponsorships, Casey Stoffer. We appreciate our spotter, McKay Perry. Our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Our studio and scoreboard host, Cougar Canyon and otherwise, Jason Shepard. And uh, our stats interns, Kendall Ruth and John Livingstone. Did I mention Ralph already? Statman Ralph? Uh, Ralph Sokolowski. You can't mention him enough. Wonderful work by everybody on that crew. I think that's all the folks. And uh, I guess that would just leave the guys on the headset, reminding you that uh, next Saturday we are on the air at 11.30 a.m. pregame Mountain Time and a 1.30 kick Mountain Time for BYU and Texas. And as we leave, we get a tweet that says... Greg, my wife and I are listening to you right now. Driving home from, uh, uh, let's see where they're driving home from. But he says, thanks for your show. And he said, uh, I think he made an F1 comment. He said, let me know when you finally see an F1 race, and I'll go for the first time and meet you there. Nice. There you go. Some people like the F1. Like the F1. That's yourself a partner. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do it. Let's say good night uh, for the man on my far left. My far left. Hans Swatchos. Hans Swatchos. And my far right. Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Grubel saying that we are headed to Bam Bams for some victory Swatchos because victory was had by BYU tonight. Final score, 27-14 over the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. BYU moves to 5-2 and two overall, 2-2 two and two in the Big 12. So until next Saturday, my name is Greg Grubel saying, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah. You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by All Pro Capital Real Estate Investments, by Les Olson IT, your office technology partner. BYU football is also brought to you by Smith's Food and Drug, fresh for everyone. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Shane Reese, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stauffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.